Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, there you go. There you go. There we go. Marvelous. Welcome to the end of year failed critics podcast featuring me, Steve Norman, Owen Hughes, hello, and Paul Field. Evening, fellas. As we take a look at what you, our valued listeners, have picked as your favourite films and indeed worst films of the last 12 months. Um, Owen, how many people submitted entries this year? Did we get to double figures? Well, it, I can tell you straight That's away. A no. <laughs> we did, yeah, we did okay. We did all right, but we were significantly down on the past couple of years. We had, uh, I think I, I counted, there were 13 less people voting this year. So, any, big na- any big names that have, have not voted this year? Uh, any, any big absences? The, the Queen hasn't voted. Um, no, I mean like from previous years. I did get 13 friends to vote for Mob Handed last year, so that may well have been, the, the, you know... You've got 13 friends? <laughs> I know, it's tr- terrible, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? <laughs> We had 18 people in total. Um, one person didn't vote for any top 10 films, but they voted in a few other categories. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's OK, isn't it? It's a bit down on the past couple of years, but kind of expected it to be. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. OK. It's all right. We still had enough for us to make it worthwhile doing a podcast. That's the yeah. main thing. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Shall we, shall we start with some quizzing? I really enjoyed the Star Wars one, even though I'm not a as we've established through the last sort of five or six years, not really much of a Star Wars fan. And I nailed it, didn't I? And you absolutely blasted home through that one. Oh, that was I, astonishing. I knocked, I knocked Chris Beckett, Dave, into orbit or some space-related joke. I was stupidly impressed, Steve. Your Star Wars knowledge was, was very in-depth. I thought I'd pick some absolute stinkers that is, nobody yeah. was going to get. This, um, is this a Star Wars-based quiz? No. Oh, right. <laughs> Good. This is right. a, uh, some, some box office, some awards and some, some monetary stuff. So, the US box office end-of-year figures, they're more or less there now. I want you to take it in turns, you get five goes each, to name a film that was in the top ten US box office returns. Steve, you can go first. Okay. And you're going to take it in turns. So, Steve, your first pick? Uh, the Last Jedi. Is correct for a point. Mm. Owen, I'm thinking superheroes, so Wonder Woman must be in there. Point for Owen. Oh, okay. Uh, Steve, no googling this, by the way. You pair of cheating pricks. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two is correct. Two points for you, for you, Steve. Owen, I can't even think what else was in the MCU this year. Oh, I know, Thor Ragnarok. 
Thor is correct. You're doing yes. really well. You've done much better than I wouldn't have got any of these. I would have been struggling. With <laughs> so it's two all. You've got three guesses left each. Steve. What else came out this year that was a big deal? Ooh. Trying to think back of like all the Oscar-y nominated films of what year they're actually released. Mm. 16 or 17. Um, so I'm going to stick away from those kind of films. I'm going to go for... Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Was it War that was this year? Whichever Planet of the Apes was this year. That's a blowout. That was uh, actually number 20. What? What? That's insane. Um, I'm going to stay with Marvel and say Spider-Man. That's correct. Number five, Spider-Man. Yeah. Sorry, I should have been giving you the numbers of where they were, but... That's all right. <laughs> three, three, three for you, Owen. Two for you, Steve. Steve, you've got two mm. more guesses left. Ooh, right. Two more guesses. And neither of you got, have got the number one, if that helps. Oh. Ooh. Uh, Justice League. Oh, Steve. That is number 11. <sighs> oh. <laughs> you, you've got, Steve's got two points. You've got three at the moment. Your maximum you can get in this round is five points. What are points been? Prizes. prizes. There's no prizes. There's a copy of Gatwick Gangsters up for grabs if either of you would like one. There's no prizes. <laughs> There's no prizes. I'm I added I added up all these films yesterday and I'm, I'm not looking at the list because I, I think that would also be cheating. But I can't, for the life of me, remember any other superhero films. So I'm going to have to veer towards those Oscar films and say La La Land. That is, you see, you're talking about Americans here. Yeah, I can't. I'm and I think that was the year before anyway, so did that it come a out blowout. 26, shit. Absolute okay. blowout. Right, Blade Runner 2049. I can't, that's not even in the top 20. Jeez. Yeah, because there was a whole furore about nobody went to see it, even though it was I'm meant to surprised. be. I'm surprised. Right. Oh, you've got a chance to go 4-2 ahead, early doors here. Ahead of the Star Wars round. You've, there's half the titles are still up to be picked here. I'm guessing Love Witch isn't one, so I'm going to have to think what else was on my top ten. Oh, Get Out! Is... Number 14. Oh, for fuck's sake. The ones you were missing, and make mm. sure I'm doing it right here, were Beauty and the Beast at one. What? What? <laughs> what is wrong with America? Beauty and the Beast was the highest grossing film in America. I mean, that's the least... It's the highest grossing film of the year. That's, a, that's the Jesus. least of America's problems, but it's up, yeah. it's up there. It is one of them, yeah. yeah. It's, globally, it's number one. I just think it's time we knock the human race on the head and let another species have a go. <laughs> I think Trump did endorse this picture. No. Uh, Star Wars currently at two. Then you've got Wonder Woman at three. Guardians mm. of the Galaxy at four. Spider-Man at five. At number six was It. Oh, yeah, of course. Number seven was Thor. Number eight, Despicable Me 3. Uh... Number nine was Logan. I thought you would have got that. Oh, fucking Logan, yeah. And number ten was The Fate of the Furious. Oh, that was a show, Oh, yeah, that was fucking fascinating. Just Hmm. just so for uh, while I've got them in front of me, the rest of the rundown was Justice League, Dunkirk, Lego Batman... Get Out, Boss Baby, Pirates of the Caribbean, Kong, Coco, Cars 3, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Next round, and mm-hmm. it is Steve on two, Owen on three. Is I know we're going to be picking our favourites, but I've looked up today what some other publications, websites, etc., newspapers um, have picked as their top 
film of the year. Which publications did you use? Razzle and Reader's Wives? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, first up is the New York Times. And it's a multiple choice. Their film of the year, was it Faces Places, Ex Libris, the New York Public Library documentary, or Dunkirk? The New York Times. New York Times. And Owen, you can... Uh, well, take, you just you both got to give me a, 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 an answer from that list. You can go first, Owen. What was the New... The New York Times, that... So uh, I I think they probably went Dunkirk. I think they're still relatively mainstream. A bit like the Guardian. We'll pick a pompous film, but also throw in something like Ted. So yeah, Dunkirk. We'll see. Okay, Steve. What do you think? Uh, the library thing. It was in fact Dunkirk. Yeah. Moving on, my favourite publication, as I'm sure you both know, which is Sight and Sound, and their <laughs> and the BFI's uh, uh, top film of the year. Is it another potato documentary? It wasn't a potato documentary, no. but it was one of these three. Mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, Twin Peaks, which I thought was a TV show, but there you go, or Get Out. I don't think they would have gone for Get Out. They're too pretentious and stuck themselves in sight and sound mob. Uh, let's say option A. Call Me By Your Name, yes. OK? Uh, I seem to remember there was a bit of Ferrari over um, Twin Peaks, but I don't know whether it was top. Um, but I'll just I'll say Twin Peaks. It was in fact Get Out, so oh. neither of you get a point there. But they did have this whole thing about Twin Peaks. They called it like a TV movie, right? Because that's what David Lynch said. It was a. It wasn't a TV show. It was a a film. I, I didn't. I didn't watch it because I, I saw. All... I saw loads of people tweeting that it made no sense, but they loved it, which usually means you didn't understand it, but you're pretending to. <laughs> um, so over at Rotten Tomatoes, let's let's get some populist answers to this. What was the top-rated film over at Rotten Tomatoes? Was it mm. Dunkirk, Get Out, or The Big Sick? Owen? Probably, I mean, Get Out was a little bit controversial. Dunkirk was quite divisive. Let's say the big sick, Steve. I did also want to say the big sick, but it's not really going to help me close the gap if I do. Um, so I'm going to say Dunkirk. Okay, it was in fact Get Out. So you need to get a point. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the uh, the Wally's over at Empire. <laughs> Now, what do you think they picked as their film of the year? We have three choices here. <clears throat> Bear in mind, what I'm reading out is, is these are all that their actual top threes. Okay. So I've not just made them, added the others in. Um, we have here your choices Get Out again, La La Land, or Blade Runner. Steve. I reckon they went Blade Runner. Owen, what do you think? Just on the basis of what's happened in the past couple of goes, I'm going to say Get Out. It was Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> Two mistakes. <laughs> fool me twice. More yeah, fool me. So, Owen, you're on to um, five points. And I think, Steve, did you didn't get any there, did you? No. No. Right. Yeah. So it's 5-2. All to play for. All to play for in the last round, which is uh, 2017's Box Office Duds round. Now, <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of the title. You're going to tell me how much money it took at the box office. Uh, the only clue I'll give you is the 
the, the, the box office takings for these three films get progressively lower. Okay. Global box <laughs> okay. office? Uh, no, UK box office for these particular so, ones. So you want your answers in pounds sterling? Pounds sterling, please. Yes. Um, the first title is our old favourite, and I know you've seen this, Steve, with, with, the, with the wonderful um, Callum Best, is Dangerous Game. <laughs> How much did Dangerous Game take at the UK box office? One com- com- commemorative £5 coin. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, £5? No, no, I guess I'm going to say £93.00. And 17 pence. Which cinema's charging you odd pence? <laughs> this is the box office. This is the cinema box office. Hey, you, you. I'm just going to leave it as around 93. Okay. Owen. Is it just closest to the pip? It clo- closest to the right amount. Yes, yeah, a dangerous game box office. So I could just say 94. You could indeed. All right. I, um, I, I don't... I, yeah, I'll just say 94 because I don't know and then I'll give us a ballpark figure for the next one. Okay. Steve, point for you. <laughs> what was it? £93.17. I'm not... I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not... Oh, God, I'll tell you because it, it makes the next two a little bit easier but it's, it was £39 in total. <sighs> um, now, next up, who who likes Nick Love? Who doesn't like Nick Love? Exactly. I've never met him. Do you know what? No. Apart from the Sweeney, some of the stuff he did before that, especially like the, the, the firm and the business, I really enjoyed those. They were a proper laugh, those films. However, he, he, he moved to Hollywood and he made a film called American Hero, which I was wondering recently what he's been up to. And I, only, and I literally found out <clears throat> like a week ago. He went off to Hollywood. He made a film called American Hero. I think it's been sat on the shelf for a while because... It's listed as 2015, but it did get its cinema release in the UK this year. How much money did American Hero take? And it was less than £39. It was less than £39. Oh, man. Um, I will just say £20. 20 English pounds sterling. Steve? 21 English pounds. Well... It's a shame that we may not see another Nick Love film based on that, but uh, the answer is £20. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dead on. <laughs> so a point for uh, Owen. And the last one. What was the budget for that? Do you know? Oh, was it, it was a big a budget film? Yeah, or was it just like yeah. yeah. A... I, I oh. watched half of it last week. Yeah. No, Say no more, I guess. Who was in it? Uh, uh, do you know what? I can't remember. <laughs> it, was that, it was that good. It was that good. Um, right. I don't like Shia LaBeouf, and it turns out that the uh, UK cinema going public are not mad either because his, the, the film he was in, Man Down, how much did that take at the UK box office? And I'll give you a bonus three points if you can tell me the name of the city where the person went to see it. <laughs> Um, it was a city, not a town. Definitely a city. Oh, hang on. No, it's a town. A ta- okay. Right. I'm going to go... Is it me going first? Yep. It is. I'm going to go seven pounds... Yep. ...in... Go on. ...in... Yep. ...Ipswich. If, if, do you get... We, do we get the bonus... Do we get the bonus point for the town if we're geographically the closest? <laughs> 
No. As the crow flies. <laughs> Get your ruler out. Yeah. Get the map. Um, I reckon it would be £10 for a yep. cinema ticket. And I would say... Where, what town? Scunthorpe. £10 <laughs> in Scunthorpe. Well, you are not going to believe this, but it was £7. Yeah. Oh. It was Ipswich. In... Burnley. <laughs> uh, oh well, I was closest then to the town. Do I? I'll take the points. But that's that's it was it was close in the end. But Owen, you are the winner of the year end quiz. Oh hey! Well, what do you? What does he well win? Done. Nothing. Yeah. The podcast. I'll, I'll post him something. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no, it's not a win. <laughs> Time for us to start cracking on with our awards and having a look at what you, the listeners, have voted for in this year's categories. Owen, where are we going to start off? Should we start with a couple of new categories? Okay. Ones that we've, we've not done before. Yes. Okay. We'll start off with a, a gentle one to get us into this, I think, and we'll start with podcasts. Because that was a new category. We've been a podcast since 2012, and um, we've never actually collectively really talked about podcasts. That's because that's that's we, or especially me, have been doing podcasts since before it's cool. Well, you've been doing it for longer, yeah. Yeah, I, I predate you know, the, the time where everybody and his wife decided they'd do a podcast. You used to record them onto tapes, didn't you, at home in your bedroom and then oh, post them to people. Yeah. So since yeah. then, there have been others that have been released and they are digital, Steve. Mm, I, I, I was very much a trailblazer in the podcasting world. Um, yeah, you know, I, pirate radio Steve I was back a, in I was the day. a pioneer. I was like them people who went forth across America across the plains or like Columbus across the seas yeah yeah that's exactly what I think of when I think of you thanks uh yeah but anyway right we actually had some people submit some podcast choices to us uh Paul you kind of uh abstained from this category right you didn't I I, 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 do you know what I'm thinking about it I do listen to quite a few I just thought what a weird category yeah, <laughs> and then with the other because they were so involved with all the others, I just ran out of time. Mm. But obviously, well, Film Junk is the best movie podcast. Do you still listen uh. to Film Junk? <laughs> oh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> occasionally, yeah, not 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 religiously, and I don't I don't pay for their pre- uh, premium content. Mm. But I still listen on occasion. Yeah, mm. uh, Steve, you you submitted a few. Do you remember what you put in your? Um, um, I think it's from. You should do because I've emailed them over to you. Yeah, well, I hadn't looked. <laughs> I won't be surprised. I think there was probably four football podcasts in there, uh, or, yep. or or four sports podcasts in there. Um, there were four four sports slash football podcasts, yeah, yeah, and then one other. Um, well, football podcasts they did quite well out of this because in well in third place is something called the Ped and Mella Show. Never heard of it. That sounds like something to be nonces. Possibly. Maybe. So we'll move on to number two is Atletico Mints, which is uh, Bob Mortimer, which is okay. I've listened to it a few I times. Get, and I'll probably get a lot of grief from people on here. I've never got, like, Reeves and Mortimer and shooting stuff. I've never got it. It's not. Well, I, don't, about I don't like it either, Steve. It's, any, where, it's people being silly. I just don't find funny. It's, yeah. it's just not funny. I don't, I don't, I've never got it. And I tried listening to Atletico Mints and I just I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I kind of think they're both 
comedy legends, but we will move on to the top choice, one that is probably a bit more familiar. Uh, the Totally Football Show came out top, uh, beating Football Weekly, which will mean nothing to anyone who's not into football or football podcasts. I mean, if you tweet that to James Richardson tonight, though, or tomorrow when the podcast comes out, we'll get a retweet off of him, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I'm, I quite like the football, totally football show. I've I pretty much ditched got, uh, Guardians Football Weekly now. It de- just for me, it depends which which guests are on. I mean, James Richardson as a host is always excellent, but yeah. it's, it depends which guests are on. If there's good guests on Football Weekly, I'll listen to that. And if there's good ones on Totally Football Show, I'll listen to that. And on the other side of the coin, if there's some person who does my editing, I won't listen to it. I don't mm. listen to any like what I call professional podcasts. I think it's like they're just, look, you've got your own fucking platform on radio or whatever. Just leave us alone. The, the podcasts are not for you. They're for but, us. And I, I genuinely, I, I just refuse point blank. There is something quite nice about amateur bedroom podcasts. Isn't yes. There? And, it's, and it's not the audio quality. It's not the audio quality. No. But I think no. people are quite forgiving about audio quality on podcasts, you know, because they, they appreciate people do it for nothing. Usually yeah. they've spent you know, their own sort of hundred or so quid on getting all the equipment and just set it up in a room and just want to talk about things and share yeah. it. And I'm... I quite I quite like that. It's an it's like you know how like BBC came about, right? Because people just kept setting up radio stations and there was just running out of radio bandwidth, radio frequencies that were free. And so the post office had to set up licenses. So that's what you pay when you get a TV license. It used to be like the BBC license fee um so that you had to have a license in order to get a radio which meant that you couldn't broadcast um and i think it was an unregulated free 20 or so years of people just broadcasting whatever the hell they wanted out of wherever the hell they were and there was no one to stop them well i think podcast is kind of in that same bubble at the moment people can just do whatever they want there's no real regulator you know you've got the prs and um you know, well, I'm I'm here fighting for the little guy. But yeah, it's kind of it's quite. It, I quite like podcasts, and I, as Paul sort of said, I like the fact that anyone can just set up and do it. Which is why I don't really listen to professional podcasts that often either. But I do like some. Like I voted for. Do you guys listen to the Black Tapes? No. You listen to the Black Tapes? No. It's kind of like serial, but it was semi-fictional, and it was about them investigating a. Um, uh, a, a guy who debunks ghost stories and theories and things like that. And he was a psychologist. Anyway, it, it, so that was really good, but that was produced by an American radio station. But at the same time, I'll listen to something like I Dead On, which is two Northern Irish blokes sat in the front room with a microphone in the middle and they have semi um, kind of structured conversations. And I like Oster says no. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. They're not quite uh, the red hand, right red hand of um, <laughs> the Reverend Peaky Hazel. Blinders flame no. fame, but yeah. No, but so, yeah, so podcast, we've got Totally Football Show came out top, Atletico Mince was second, and the Ped and Mella show uh, was third. So we also had another category that was new. Best porn. This year. We didn't have best porn, no. Still not doing best porn, Steve. Leave it out. Or as it would have been correctly named for the people who, uh, or the, the the guests on this podcast, best five minutes of a porn. <laughs> I yeah. watch it for the plot. 
You've never got past the first five minutes. I have. The, the story's a nice break in between um, <laughs> and for recovery zones. Yeah. Um, my own what with what? Yeah. No. Okay. But the ne- the other uh, new category was not porn. It was TV. We introduced TV for the first time because we've. I think over the past sort of two years, probably eighteen months or so, we've talked about Netflix and Netflix shows and. Some mm. TV show reviews that we've done as well. Like, we've talked about The Walking Dead and, you know, Game of Thrones and uh, all that kind of thing. A bit more regularly. We've allowed it to creep in. So I've got the top ten here for the, the results. What do you guys think is definitely in? What do you think is definitely out? I think um, Stranger Things will be in, definitely. Yeah? Possibly Mindhunter, if we're looking at other Netflix stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Punisher, sticking with Netflix. I quite liked Punisher. Um, I thought that was a really good show this year. I was uh, if we're looking at actual TV, um, The Handmaid's Tale, is that the name of it? <laughs> Close, The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. I think you're yeah. getting it confused with The Handmaiden, which is a Park Chan um, Wooks film. What definitely missed out quite a lot, I expect. Hmm. Well, I... I um... Not to name drop, but I, I had nine and I couldn't think of a tenth. So I, I asked Britain's top TV critic um, what his best show yeah. of the year was. And he actually reminded, when he told me, it reminded me that I'd seen it and it was this year and I loved it as well. So I included that and I think Line of Duty will be in there. Who is uh, the Britain's top TV that, critic? Is it uh, Ali Ross? It is. <laughs> Not... <laughs> Not another Palace fan that you know, is he? No, he supports Aberdeen, funnily enough. Yeah. Well. They've got a striker, Adam Rooney, who is who is dog shit for... But anyway, getting off topic. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I was, I was going to say, he's dog shit for Birmingham. I watched a bit of an Aberdeen game the other day and he only fucking scored. Oh, mate, he scores. He's the top scorer every season. I know. I reckon, I reckon I'd get 20 in the SPL. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on before we lose all of our Scottish rights. So you, you think line of, um, line of Duty's in there? Anything well, you, I didn't you... have any UK shows either in my list, I don't think, looking at, looking at what I've sent in. I imagine this is going to be very, very heavily US-dominated. It is very heavy. Uh, from US and uh, obviously Game of Thrones will be number one That's you would be correct yes uh, I was surprised it came out number one actually a lot of it people wasn't the, I mean it's, it's it's popular and it's still enjoyable but it's not like the best telly anymore is it no I didn't vote for it I actually thought it was much better than the series before this has been the best season because it rattled yeah. along it was very perhaps, quick and pacey perhaps because it's perhaps it's a six episode season or whatever it is Maybe it just you know because it was short. It's not, like, it's not as much filler. Mm. I'm hoping The Walking Dead isn't in here. The Walking Dead is not in there. Nobody yes! picked The Walking Dead. It wasn't wasn't even a token vote for The Walking Dead. Was was Z Nation in there though? Z Nation picked up one vote. Yes, Steve, it did. <laughs> yeah, um, I in love Z Nation. <laughs> yeah, you snuck snuck Z Nation in there. So Z Nation is in, and Walking Dead didn't even pick up anything. So. In a, in a roundabout sort of way, it wins. Um, yeah, but I was surprised Peaky Blinders wasn't in. I um, I really like this latest series, fourth series of Peaky Blinders. But yeah, didn't mm, I was the only person. I thought it jumped the shark. Jumped the shark. Yeah, because mm. he because that thing happens when you 
think one thing and then it's like Da-da! and you're like oh that, fuck off that's almost like a trope of peaky blinders now mm, where it looks know. like they're in a tough situation they're, they're not going to get out this one and then they get yeah, out yeah but it. that was ridiculous you know it was almost like hang on are they gonna, is Bobby Ewing in the shower <laughs> right sorry just yeah. Dallas but, reference there for the kids uh, <laughs> um, so yeah so Game of Thrones was top that was number one in 10th place was Line of Duty Yes, came in. there you go. Yeah, made the list. I actually, on the back of that, when I was looking at this, I watched the first two episodes of the first series last mm-hmm. night. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, I might stick with it. I'll watch, hey, um... I watched all the episodes of all the seasons this year. Yeah, the box set is on iPlayer at the moment, yep. so that's quite handy. Yeah, so Line of Duty is on there uh, in 10th. Above that, Steve, was one of the, the shows you mentioned, Mindhunter was 9th. Did you? I'm take it. I take it you watched it then, Steve. Mm, I watched a couple. I've not finished watching it yet. I watched it based on the hype that other people on this podcast have given it. Um, yeah. But I didn't start watching it till late in the year, so I haven't had a chance to finish it yet. No. Well, my next on the list was my top choice, uh, and so in eighth was Taboo, which was also written by um, Stephen Knight, the guy who wrote Peaky Blinders, and starred Tom Hardy. Set in the eighteenth no, century, but you weren't a fan of this, uh, Paul. From what no. I remember, you Just gave nothing, up quite quickly. Nothing happened. He was definitely fucking his sister. That's that's all I took from it, and then we just binned it off. He was definitely doing that, yeah. I don't yeah. think that was even a mystery. That was <laughs> like part of the, the story. Do, do you do you, do you see that happen in the later episodes? Uh, <laughs> do you want the specific timestamp and episode? <laughs> yeah, you could say And I'll direct you to it. Yeah, I'll find it for you. And then um, above Taboo was American Gods, which was uh, an Amazon original, the only Amazon original on the, the list. Again, bin that off. I, I watched it all. I wasn't that keen on it. I have to say, I found it a little bit disappointing. Um. But you, you said you'd just been that off as well then, Paul. I think we made three episodes in. I was just just wasn't doing it for me. I need to be invested in it. I need to there's so much choice out there at the moment. I you know and I watch a lot. Don't get me wrong. I mean I'm I bet mm. barely anything from my ten has, has been included. And I probably would have watched all of the ten as well. Yeah. Well, okay, well I'll go on to six and then you can give me your lists so you can tell me what you what else you picked. So in six was the Netflix original, Glow, which I was very surprised to see pick up quite so many votes. Um, did you guys watch this? This is the, the thing with Alison Brie as a wrestler in the 80s, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, no, I've not seen it. No. I refer the honourable gentleman to the answer I gave some moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> I literally watched three and binned it. Yeah, it got a lot better. I was a bit unsure about the first two episodes, I think. The first one was just the most typical pilot episode. Like, Alison Brie got naked in it, and it's like she didn't do that again for the entire series. So it's clearly there just to make people go, huh, Alison Brie, I quite fancy Alison Brie. She's gotten naked in this. That's going to make me watch a show all about women. Um, and yeah, and Mark Maron was quite good in it as well. He was quite good value, I thought. But uh, yeah, I was surprised it got, got quite so high on our list. But I'll go on to the top five. Paul, what else was in your list then? If you think you, the stuff that you've mentioned you don't reckon is going to be in the top five, what, you want what me to might that be? you whiz through my list. Go um, for it, yeah. So The Strain, which that- is now concluded, which was 
amazing. If you like vampires, that's great. I gave up on the about the midway point of the second series. Was that a foolish? It, it is because it yeah. concludes, and it's yeah. not that many seasons. Mm. Um, Big Little Lies, which is really good. So many strong female leads in that. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the Orville, which no, I've heard, is... I've heard a lot of good things about this. It's better than Star Trek. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Star Trek's on the list, then you're doing it wrong, because the Orville is much better. Um, the Handmaid's Tale, I think, is going to be in the list. Babylon Berlin, the biggest... Um, ever German TV production. There's no way that's on there because nobody would have seen it. But it was excellent. on Channel Four, wasn't it? No, Sky Atlantic. I was. Uh, Big Mouth, the Netflix cartoon. I'll be <laughs> amazed if that's on there. Uh, the Sinner, another Netflix, really good. Sabura, more Netflix. Line of Duty, we've already mentioned, and then American Vandal, which is more Netflix. Mm. Well, oh, yes, the um, the Big Mouth. I thought would definitely be on your list. As soon as I watched the first episode, I was like, this is just totally a Paul show. <laughs> it's exactly good, what... though. It was funny, yeah, yeah. I think it ran out of steam towards the end, but it was um, it was, it was, was very funny. The first couple of episodes were proper sort of bellyache laughs. Um, so, yeah. All right, Steve, do you remember what you voted for other than Z Nation? Um, Stranger Things, I imagine, was in there. Uh, yes, you did pick Stranger Things. That was your top choice, yeah. You also picked Star Wars Rebels. Um, we didn't have many nominations for sort of cartoons or animated shows, Big Mouth excluded. But, um, yeah, Star Wars Rebels was there. If, you, if you're a Star Wars fan and want to watch something that's only 20 minutes long, yeah. I, I haven't watched much TV this year, to be honest, so it's probably partly why it made it in there, but, yeah. Can, can I just say that when I did this, I tried to pick, um, for the majority of it, new shows. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my favourite shows, although they're still running, weren't in this. Things like South Park or Curb or Nathan For You. or uh, There were loads. This was the hardest mm-hmm. one for me. I did it, redid it, did it again, redid it. So, yeah, I've tried to... Not all of them, but for the majority, I've tried to pick stuff that's been fresh for this year. Well, one of those... Oh, okay, we'll go from 10 upwards. 10, Line of Duty. 9 was Mindhunter. 8 was Taboo. 7 was American Gods. 6 was Glow. 5 was The Handmaid's Tale, which, yep. yeah, you picked as well. I didn't get on with that too well. I have to admit, I, I've got it all on the planner, but I think I've got like four or five episodes left to go, and it's really not drawing me in. Was it the weird sex stuff? That that might have been it. Yeah, you know what I'm like. No, yeah. I um, I don't know. It just wasn't gripping me. I wasn't into it as as much as other well, people seem to be. It's not. It's not missionary position in a traditional Christian marriage. So I can see why you wouldn't want to. Uh, exactly. That. Yeah, mm. it's chocolate rather than vanilla. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and above that was uh, talking about animated stuff as well. Rick and Morty. Came out fourth. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried I... it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I know people who have tried it as well and just kind of dubbed out of it. I think the thing that, that's annoying about Rick and Morty is the fans. Like, the the sheer stranglehold they have on the show. And anyone... It, like, t- like, trying to turn it into, like, a clique. And you have to be intelligent to get it. If you don't like it, it's because you, you don't get it and you're stupid. And it's like, oh, fuck off. Stop being so you precious. Don't have, you, don't have to, you don't have to be intelligent to get it. It's not that clever. It's funny, though. Some of, the, some of the stuff is, like, clever 
sci-fi stuff, but it's not like to the point that it's just so highbrow that it's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I think it's quite good, quite clever. Uh, I show. hate all that. They can come at me. I, I yeah. give everything a chance. That's why I, I, I love doing lists like this, because at the end of the day, I will have seen pretty much all of it. So at least, I, you know, I, I can hand on heart say, no, I really didn't like it. Yeah. Well, it, it made my list. It was on my choice, but, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't top. Like I say, Taboo was, was top for me. Above Rick and Morty was The Punisher. So Punisher is in third, which means, Steve, Stranger Things is second on the list. Stranger Things Ooh. too. Yeah, so you were right. Ooh. That was definitely on there. And Punisher was as well. Mm. Punisher was a surprise for me because of how terrible uh, Immortal Iron Fist was and how mediocre to bad the Defenders was. And so when Punisher came along, I was almost tempted to just skip it. But it was actually probably the strongest series they've done, I think, as the Netflix Marvel shows. It was really, really good. Have you guys watched it? Did, I know, Steve, actually, you probably haven't watched it yet, have you? Because you're still quite far behind on the rest of the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Yeah, I'd recommend it. You don't necessarily need to watch everything else that's been before. Do you know, yeah. I, I, I'm blaming girls for this. And, <laughs> okay. and, and not just for that and for Get Out, and for Star Wars, because the whiny guy who I fucking hate from Girls is in it, and he really winds me up. And the, the same for Get Out, the whiny girl from Girls is in it. And for Star Wars didn't get a vote from me either, because that fucking prick from Girls is in it. That's their characters. <laughs> they're supposed to do this. That They're supposed mm-hmm. to provoke this reaction from you in Girls. But I can't let it go. <laughs> You've just done it too It too, seeps into other far. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. But, um, no, I, I really liked Punisher. And Stranger Things too. even though it wasn't as strong as the first series, um, was still very good te- television again this year. So I think I'm quite happy with how that sort of list has panned out. Did anyone mostly. vote for Dark? Nobody voted for Dark, oh. no. Yeah, which is another surprise. I did think about it. It was, I really, I enjoyed that more than Stranger Things. Yeah? Yeah. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet, no. I went to watch it yesterday, but um, like to start it, but it was just, I thought, well, I've got other stuff that's been nominated so far that I want to catch up on and um, haven't done. Someone picked Ozark, which I've not watched. Did you Did you watch that? No. No? Me, no, me neither. Oh, hang on, no. Oh, is that the one with... Um... Jason Bateman. Yes, yeah, we did. We watched the first three episodes no, and then gave up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember because that's the one with the, the, all that money gets stolen by the drug from a drug dealer. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. all right actually. I don't know why I didn't finish it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's supposed to be good. I, I've also voted for The Exorcist in my list. Have you guys been watching The Exorcist? I'm sorry, we have had this discussion. I told you I watched the first two. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I again would recommend going back. That was one of the best shows again this year. So Paul has seen the first two episodes of every. TV I know, but show. I I like to audition stuff if it's because I mean, yeah. it could hook me in, but. Mm. They've only got a limited window. It's no good saying, yeah, well, it gets really good by episode six. Do I mean, you know I often I mean? find the pilot episodes usually the worst episode, though. That's the one where they try to cram in everything just in the hope of just throwing enough shit out there that someone will go, yeah, I quite like that bit, so I'll watch more. Instead of just making a good intro, you know? Plus, but, carrying that name Exorcist on its shoulders, my expectations were really low. Low? Yeah, I, I, I assume it'll be like every other 
film to TV cash in and be. Oh, I see. Yeah, like the, the terrible sort of fourth and fifth films and stuff. Yeah, we can't think of anything original. Let's just you know let, let's mm. like, feed off something. You know, a, another property. Yeah, the, this latest series had a nice callback to Exorcist Three in it, though. It is on. It is on my sort of radar because you've said it's really good, so I mm. will get to mm. it. It definitely. I mean, it's. I thought it started quite interestingly and then just got so much better. Like by the end of the series, I was just like, "This is fucking brilliant TV." But um, I can see why it it was a bit of a slow burn, I guess. But uh, anyway, should we have a bit of a break and then come back to do a couple more categories? Yeah. So continuing with our awards for 2017, on what category have you got next? So we've done um, the two new categories, podcast and TV, right? I think we'll do mm-hmm. one of the, the the other two sort of smaller categories that people... Well, we've got three smaller categories that people don't normally all choose to vote in. Um, so I'll let you guys choose. Do you want to do soundtracks, British films or foreign language films? first foreign language foreign language right yeah okay. i don't like that foreign muck <laughs> it's exactly how steve talks about it um but it's probably your strongest category isn't it paul when you normally just like yeah because I, I, I really get irritated by the fact the category even exists and then i have to start separating stuff out because i think when i did my original um like 10 mm. i think i started pulling stuff out to put it into that one instead and I just I was getting really annoyed with you <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell and I, and fucking I left I think I made did I leave twat. any I think I left a couple in yeah but for the most part yeah I was calling you all sorts of names <laughs> well um we've got a tied uh film in fifth place um we've got the red turtle which is the Studio Ghibli stroke some other production company film, and After the Storm, both in fifth uh, on the list. I voted for The Red Turtle. I only watched The Red Turtle the day of the vote, uh, the closing date for the vote, so Boxing Day, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. I was really surprised by it, because sometimes Studio Ghibli movies are a bit... It's not a full Studio Ghibli film. So in, when I say Studio Ghibli, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Sort of uh, the Japanese version of Disney, in a way. My Neighbour Totoro, Grave of the Fireflies, all that kind of stuff. The Red Turtle is one of their productions they made with this European filmmaker. And You know in Alan yeah. Partridge? Yeah. You know when he's introduced to the uh, head of, of News and Current Affairs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just you, know, shrugs. You, you know the expression he does. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's doing what right I'm now. doing now. Okay, well, I would recommend <laughs> The Red Turtle. And uh, do you want some cheese? Smell my cheese. Smell my cheese. Smell my cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in fourth, we have a film that's probably a bit more familiar to you, Paul, which is A Man Called Ove or Ove? Ove? Oh, fantastic. Ove. I don't yes. know, why didn't I vote for that? Did you not vote for it? No, I love that film. <laughs> you did love it, though, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You must just have seen five better foreign language or films not in English language movies this year. That's probably why. Um, above that is Raw, which is another one that I think you loved as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I really enjoyed that. It was visceral and, mm. and, and weird, but, but it, it held it together enough. That I, was re- I was really into it. Yeah. And I, and I bought the soundtrack on vinyl, so that's always a good sign for me. Yeah. Well, you buy everything on vinyl, don't you? 
No, not for, for soundtracks. They have to be <laughs> okay. You know, yeah, have good. to be special. It's a French film, isn't it? Cannibals yep. or something. Yep. Like? Yeah. Yeah. Still not seeing it, but I do want to. I mean, everyone I know who's seen it has talked about how great it is. So it's on my list already. Above that is um, the film we confused with The Handmaid's Tale earlier. It's The Handmaiden, Park Chan-wook's movie, um, which I still haven't seen, but I did see is on sale at the moment on Google Play for three ninety nine, and they've got a 50% off offer at the moment as well. So I'm tempted just to pick it up anyway. Well, I included it last year, and you told you me off. Mm. So okay. I've included it again this year, and you haven't. Yes. And it's Park Chan-wook's best film. Well, that's what makes me excited, because every time he releases a film, Stoker aside, everyone goes, this is the best Park Chan-wook film. Plus there's loads of lesbian action. Sold. Say no more. Um, Not yeah. just because there's a wink to a blind bat. <laughs> say no more, say no more. Exactly. Okay, so... <laughs> Before we do top film, there was a th- another film that was voted for this year, which was also voted for last year, as well as The Handmaiden. Um, and technically, it was the fourth best film on our foreign language films list last year, was Shin Godzilla. But only one person voted for it this year, and that was Matt Lamborn. Nobody else voted for it this year, despite thinking it was fantastic last year. So Can I, can I guess what's top? Go I for it, I yeah. genuinely don't know. Have Is a guess. Tony Erdman? It's not Tony Erdman. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't know them. Steve, do you want to have a guess? Foreign language film? No. No, it was Okja came out top. What? Which is mostly not in the English language. So, oh, I didn't include that. That was that doesn't even count as foreign. <laughs> yeah. Netflix made. Um, <sighs> but there you go. This Okja. is why you don't let the public vote, Owen. Yeah. Well, there we go. So we've got The Red Turtle and After the Storm in fifth. A man called Ove. Is it Ove? Does he say out loud? I think it's Ove. Ove. man called Ove in fourth. Raw. Then The Handmaiden. Then Okja, which is Bong Joon-ho's movie. Um, very good. It is. Should I, can I quickly... Because I just want to say my number one... Yes, what was your number one? Berlin Syndrome, which is the tourist gets kidnapped and terrible things happen. Um, which I've mentioned. My number two is Dan Dream, which nobody's yeah. seen. And what a fucking performance getting that Blu-ray from Denmark. Which, if if you like, uh, it's, which is Frank uh, and Casper from Clown and their new mm. film. And then the only other one which uh, we haven't mentioned, which I picked, is The Bar, which is on Netflix at the moment, which is yes. really good fun. Yeah, you're not the only person who's picked it as well. There were a couple more votes for um the bar or L bar. I think Andy Orcock voted for it and said it was, um, you know, I think it was quite highly rated on his list as well. So you weren't the only person to pick it. It just I, didn't quite make it. That's why I love, I love doing list shows. I love it because this is the, the, the most condensed way for listeners, yeah. you know, to learn about new stuff. It's how I pick up new stuff. I listen to mm-hmm. other podcasts where they do their list and I'm like, oh, fuck, shit. And I'm like writing down loads of titles and then I plough through them all through Jan, Feb and March. Well, tell us a little bit about the bar then. What's in the? What's it about? Uh, it's about you. You don't. You're not quite sure what's happening, but you've got mm-hmm. loads of people trapped in a bar, and how okay. they react with, with each other, and how events unfold outside the bar. They're in. It's serious mortal danger. Then the. I. I, it's, I don't want to spoil it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but of the films on my list, the one that people should be seeking out is Berlin Syndrome. Okay. That is really, really good. 
I'm guessing it's a German film. Do you know what? I think for the most part it's in English. A lot of it's in English because the girl he picks up is English. Okay. No, so I think she's Australian, sorry. But she mm-hmm. speaks English and he obviously speaks English to her. And it's about obsession and, yeah, it's, it's proper creepy and unsettling. Really good. Hmm. Well, there. Okay, that's quite. That's quite interesting. I've just um, realised you've called it the top five films not in the English language. Yeah. So <laughs> as opposed to top five foreign films. Oh well. No. No. But never mind. Doesn't really matter, does it? Next up, then we've got British films. Now, there was quite a range of things that were chosen for this. Give us a give us a clue what you would expect to be in it and what you think people will vote on, but won't make the top five steve you haven't you haven't sort of you didn't really get a chance to say anything in that last round so british films what do you think is going to be in the top five i would think train spotting t2 will be in there okay and probably dunkirk i think those two would definitely be in the rest all up for grabs yeah well it was pretty close after that yeah there was i mean I'll get, I mean, there's no point going any further with guessing T2 train spotting was top and Dunkirk was second, and then the rest was kind of a bit more uh, even and um, was was a bit closer. So, Paul, you've you've usually got a handle on what people like from British films, right? With Rise of the Foot Soldier three and Dangerous Game and Gatwick Gangsters and the I'm probably unfair to bracket Rise of the Foot Soldier 3 in with those two, but... Definitely. What else do you think might be in there? Yeah. The problem with this category is yeah. things like Dunkirk, yeah. I, you just, I just can't even imagine that as, as a British film. I just can't. That's a massive Hollywood epic. That's nothing to do... When I think of British films, I think of smaller productions which are very much grounded and based in in Britain on a much smaller budget. It just, it just you know, that's, again, when I was doing this, I was getting really annoyed with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not in a serious way, mate, you know, I, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, it's, it's a mostly English or English and Irish cast... Um, or British and Irish cast, I should say. It's but British it's, director. It's Star Wars writer, a British and... film? It's Harry Potter a British This is when you go down that... that Culturally of... British kind of thing. I yeah, because it's, it's yeah. like when BAFTA try and cheat and anything that's, you know, all that mm. they make, you know, they used Elstree for some post-production. It's a British film. It's I just yeah. find it's all very vague. It should be top five British films with a budget under 50 million. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That, yeah. that would sort out any Hollywood money. Because at the end of the day, Dunkirk is Hollywood money. It's a big production, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, with I mean, A-list uh, stars in it as well. Train Spotting Two is is um, the biggest budget film that should have got anywhere near this category. I suspect the rest, some of the other ones I've gone for, are, are not going to be in there. Like Rise of the Foot Soldier Three, Eat Local, mm-hmm. Bonded by Blood Two. I think the finest maybe have snuck in there, but I don't know. Okay. Well, I can tell you in fifth place was a film I really liked this year. It was Loving Vincent, which I don't know whether you guys saw. It was the film that was every frame, I think it was. It ran at 12 frames per second, and every single frame was hand-painted onto canvas by artists. And it was the story of uh, Vincent van Gogh, and uh, like a film played like a film noir, examining what happened to him. Paul's doing the shrugging noise again. I can hear it through the yes. microphone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Loving Vincent, was, I thought, was fantastic. Above that was A Monster Calls, 
which I didn't even consider for the list. I hadn't seen it, but I just um, I was when when the votes were sort of coming through, I was tallying up all the uh, results. I thought, oh yeah, I guess that that was a British film as well, wasn't it? With uh, Liam, Liam Neeson's like a tree monster, or is a monster of some kind who visits a young boy who's what? a bit depressed. Is it a kids' yeah. film? Mm, it's not a family film. No, oh, I don't know. But it's about a little boy and his tree monster friend who's voiced by Liam Neeson. From what I hear, it's very dark and unexpectedly dark for what most people, I suppose, expected was to be a heartwarming story about a boy and his monster pal. But I think it was actually kind of about abuse and stuff. Above that, so we've only got one place left to guess now. So we've got Loving Vincent fifth, A Monster Calls was fourth, Dunkirk second, T2 Train Spotting top. Third place was Free Fire, Ben Wheatley's film. Oh, really? It was, yeah. That's what came out, <laughs> came out uh, third. I stupidly pre-ordered the soundtrack on this thinking it was going to be good because it took nine months to arrive. Yeah. Uh, but then I'd seen the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did not like that at all. They massively, I didn't find the characters engaging. I found the whole thing really stupid. Uh, yeah, I just was didn't didn't do anything for me. I was really annoyed. <laughs> I spent like forty quid on a fucking double vinyl soundtrack that I don't want. Yeah, I know a lot of people were a bit disappointed with it. it sounds like you were as well, Steve. From that, really, that, that sort of rang across the podcast just a second ago. I wouldn't even say disappointed. I just thought it was crap. Just crap. Oh, really? I still I do like Ben Wheatley um, as. I'm not going to go into a field in England again, but you're all wrong about a field in England. But um, Free Fire was—I thought it was just really fun. I thought it was lots of fun. In fact, Charlotte Copley was one of my nominations for Performance of the Year as well for Free Fire. I thought it was fantastic, you know. But um, yeah, so four of my films made that list, and as I sort of mentioned, A Monster Calls wasn't one of the other. The other film that I nominated was Carnage which is the Simon Amstel mockumentary about uh, vegans, which I thought was very funny. It's just but, a shame that so many British films released this year just didn't get a sniff because most of them haven't been seen, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones that you talk about, like it's again like the podcast category, isn't it? You know, Why vote for um, Commode and Mayo when you could vote for Film Junk kind of thing? Yeah, like, no, well, absolutely. Yeah, but saying that, I did vote for Dunkirk, so <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Soundtracks is next. If the people voting haven't bought them on record, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, this year's been really good. Yeah. Although it's been more soundtracks and scores for me this year. There's been mm. two phenomenal scores and, and one really good soundtrack. Yeah, I think that's what... We don't separate them anyway. We let people choose, you know, if they want oh, to decide no, that the soundtrack is worth more than the score or the other way around or whatever, then I'm happy to allow it. You know, okay. So I'll tell you what I picked. I picked Loving Vincent was my top one. I picked Atomic Blonde because I remember just loving that whilst I was watching it. In the, I mean, anything that's got New Order on it is probably gonna win me over. And then I also went for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I've listened to all three soundtracks like during the year. I don't think the Blade Runner score is as good as the original Blade Runner score, but I still just really like it there's just something about it that's very i find it very kind of atmospheric and 
So, but anyway, yeah. So that was that was my choice. How about you guys? Do you remember what you went for, Steve? Have you got your list in front of you? I I do. I mean, soundtracks and scores. There's no point in talking to me about it. I, I it's not something that sticks with me. Sure. I just yeah. But you I, you, you picked uh, the Last Jedi as one of your choices though, which I was kind of yeah. I was just about to get at. And... I don't know. Star Wars always tends to have a pretty good score. Mm. John Williams tends to know what he's doing there. Yeah. And yeah. I th- I say soundtracks and scores is no point coming to me with those. I, I it's not something I really pay much mind to. No, but I, I would say your other two choices were soundtracks rather than scores. I'm guessing because you went Guardians of the Galaxy two and Baby Driver, yeah, which both have quite yeah. notable soundtracks. You know, that was the they influenced the story in a way. Yeah, in both of those films. So, I've, I think they were kind of fair votes. How about you, Paul? So well, as, as the expert here, it's not about category, being an expert. It's just it's quite an emotional search for me because obviously you've got. People listening on Spotify, people who listen mm-hmm. in the background. I'm, you know, I, I put my money where my mouth is, and I actually go out and yeah. import these fucking things. Like Atomic Blonde was horrendous. It's really expensive. I had to import it from the states. It took ages to arrive. Um, but I, my three were, were Train Spotting Two, Atomic Blonde, and Raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and two of those, the Atomic Blonde one, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I think. the... What you heard in the film was a lot better because uh, licensing. Um, there, there are two Depeche Mode tracks in the film, neither of which made the album because they just wouldn't release them or they wouldn't release them for the money they were offering. And I find stuff like that really frustrating where you want mm-hmm. the best tracks from the film on the album. But, you know, uh, and Chase Point 2, of course, um, I really love that Wolf Alice track. Really, yeah. really loved it. That was um, Silk, wasn't it, from Wolf yeah. Alice? Yeah. And, and then there was um, Underworld did a special uh, limited edition 12-inch ahead of the film as well, which I managed to get on the on the list for, and, and I managed to get one uh, for Born Slippy. It was really good as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there was that fantastic bit at the end, wasn't there? Yeah, it's with, called uh, Long yeah. Slow Slippy. <laughs> it's kind of, oh God, it's going to sound like a right nerd. It's mastered at half speed. Mm-hmm. It plays really, it's really weird. It plays, you can hear it, but it's really slowed down. Okay, so we'll go for the, the top soundtracks of the film on vinyl or otherwise. Um, again, we had a joint place in third. Um, so I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's there because of who, di- who, who wrote the score. But Don Kirk is joint third. With is that Hans Zimmer? The it's Hans Zimmer, yeah. That honking noise-driven. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I... you know my thing about him, don't you? The only good thing he's ever done is going for gold. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I knew you would bring it up. Um, yep. <laughs> going yeah. for going for gold. That's him. That's the guy. That's what he's famous for. And War for the Planet of the Apes was joint. And that was by uh, Michael Giacchino. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, I quite liked the War for the Planet of the Apes soundtrack. I remember thinking in the cinema that it was very... It really suited it. It gave it a very war-like movie quality as opposed to just a dumb action film. Um, so, I, And again, I really liked War for the Planet of the Apes. So I was glad. And yeah, second was Baby Driver, which we've just talked about. And then Top. Any guesses? No idea. Star Wars? It was not Star Wars. It was Blade Runner 2049. 
about the only category it's won anything in this year. I only watched that this morning. It was so bleak. Yeah. And so austere and so earnest. Oh. It's one it's one of those movies that I enjoyed at the time when I came out to cinema. But I remember thinking, I think I said it on this podcast as well, or it was on the radio or somewhere, or to somebody, or just to myself. I might have muttered it under my breath. But I think that it's one of those films that will not be it's good. Don't get me wrong, I did really like it, but I don't think it's going to be remembered in the same way the original is. I don't think in sort of 20, 30 years' time, people are going to say, oh, what's a really good sci-fi? They'll say Blade Runner. They won't say Blade Runner 2049. I just don't think it's going to have the same lasting impact. And I think that it's a shame that it's not done so well in the box office, but that kind of tells the story, really. People aren't interested in it. Um, How much of a film do you have to see to count it as a viewing? All of it. In terms of sleeping? In terms of sleeping, why? Because then you wouldn't you wouldn't get to count Last Jedi, of course. For, uh... Yeah, there was only about fifteen minutes I slept through. <laughs> Who's that kid at the end when it's set in the future and he's got the broom? No yeah, well, well, I was asleep <laughs> through the bit in the casino, which was the worst bit. <laughs> wow! But I'm not going to lie. Mm? I think I slept for nearly two hours through Blade Runner. Yeah, I think that means you probably can't really have a comment about it, to be honest. I mean, I just the way it crossed two two hours of a two-hour, 40-minute film, probably just a too high I saw percentage. the beginning and the end. <laughs> you got the gist. You kind of figured it out. I knew yeah. what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> few more awards for us to uh, take a little look at now and we're going to start this part off with uh, some documentaries best documentaries of 2017 funny one this one because this is a category that we've uh, there's the next two categories are basically altered so they've been in it every every year i think but we've just changed them slightly so we have best best documentaries to include features and series usually it's just documentary features that was to, that was because of making a murderer, wasn't it? Yeah, so making a murderer was one that people voted for, but I didn't count it because I think there was like tw- was it twelve episodes or thirteen episodes or something? Yeah, but that was that wasn't this year. No, but when people people picked it, they voted oh, for it despite okay. the fact it was actually you know not a, a film. Um, so I thought actually you know I forget it. This year we'll just have series and features in fifth place is Icarus. Mm. Mm. Yes. No idea what that is. It's uh, the sports drug-taking thing. Documentary. People love sports. They love sports documentaries, yeah. Um, So that came out fifth, which, yeah, fair enough. We're going to go through some of these quite quickly, I think, because there's, there's no point. We also had joint third place for Zero Days. It's in Zero Days. No. No, and Beware the Slender Man. Is that the... Night Terror one? No, no, what is that? Beware the Slender Man. Uh, I've got the, the, the description of the mythos of a faceless digital age bogeyman known as Slender Man, who was no. created on the internet, but his influence was felt in the real world when two 12 year old girls lured their friend oh, into the God. woods for a brutal murder. Right. It was a HBO film. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I have heard quite good things about it, um, but I, I don't have Sky Atlantic and therefore didn't watch it because it was HBO. Um, now, second was Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. This is the film that is about uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't... I watched this purely because of where it placed on this list. And because, as I said, I saw Steve voted for it. I said, well, I'll give it a chance. It's on Netflix. It's for, it, you know, it's there. I don't know why were you going anything off of my record. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first mistake. But, there. I mean, if, if it's foreign language or documentary and Steve's included it, yeah. don't bother. Uh, yeah. It's not black and white, though, so, so I thought I'd give it a try. No, it, it was... Um, I picked... Uh, I picked it mainly because we wanted something to watch today. Uh, and I just thought it just, it was basically the ego of Jim Carrey, the movie, is how I felt about it. I didn't think it really gave any particular key insights into Jim Carrey or Andy Kaufman or Man on the Moon. It was just like a chance for Jim Carrey to tell us about that one time he acted really good. Did you find him really irritating? Very irritating. Very yeah. irritating. Yeah. But I kind of feel like that that way about him anyway. I mean, I don't mean to... I don't dislike Jim Carrey as a person, because A, I don't know him, and B, um, I like some, a lot of the films that I've seen him in. Um, I, just, I just found him very irritating in that. Did you, I, did you watch the Partridge thing yesterday? I did, yeah. Because I, I found Steve Coogan very... Similar, he seemed very offish and very disinterested. I think he was playing a character of himself in that. I don't yeah. think he was. I think so because I've seen him do that kind of thing before. But he was. Um, I I don't know. I think Steve Coogan is a bit like that anyway, isn't he? He's known mm. a bit. Like, I think Amanda Iannucci was talking about Coogan. He says the first time he met him, he was just very surly. I thought, well, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> that that's what, probably why I like him. <laughs> <laughs> So Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond was a uh, second Netflix original, which meant first went to a series. Any guesses? I think it's quite obvious. It's a documentary series of the year. What? Blue Planet 2. Oh, fuck off. That's, yeah. Does that count? Yeah, documentary series. What else would it be? But, but that, oh, see, I, I don't really, yeah, I guess so. But it's about fish. I, it, Things about fish and stuff. I don't, I, I, I'm all about the human interest and yeah. laugh stories and, you know, mad, batshit, crazy stuff going on. Fish, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was very... There was there was a one particular bit in it with a pilot whale which made my wife just sort of sob almost uncontrollably and thought, yeah, she's going to pick this in the end of your awards. But, no, I thought it was very, very good. It probably wasn't as good as previous... Um, the previous series. But at the same time, I, I just thought some of the stuff in it is just amazing. Like Some of the pictures are just phenomenal. And if you do like nature documentaries, they don't really come much better than massive, big budget, filmed over 12 years, David Attenborough documentaries. So, yeah. Blue Planet 2 was a worthy winner in that category, I thought. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they didn't like reverse a you know a travesty of justice. So I'm not really interested. Yeah, it wasn't Errol Morris levels. No. Of, um, yeah. No. Well, he had a new he had a new documentary out, and I I tried the first episode. I really didn't like it. Is it Wormwood? Oh yeah. Okay, you didn't like it. Right, I tried the first. I'm, I might have to go back to it. I just I was really struggling. Yeah, I saw it. It's produced by him, isn't it? Wormwood, or it's not. It's not one that he's actually. Oh, okay, maybe that's why. Then. I, I, so. I just, I don't know what it was. It was just like, oh, this is not for me. Because hmm. normally I'd be all over that. 
Yeah. I thought people might vote for the Louis Theroux series, Dark States. Did you watch those this year? I did. Again, yeah. with Louis yeah. Theroux. I it wasn't much to his prefer usual standard, him. was it? It's not about standards. He's trying to, he's so fucking serious and earnest now. But mm. I want him being really dumb and silly and like racing cars and, and living with prostitutes and, and being with Nazis and mm. Hasidic Jews or whatever it might be. When he's out of his element, and, and you know, people with anorexia and like fucking dementia and all this, it's like, oh, mm. we have other documentarians for that. That's not his job. <laughs> Yeah. It's not. That's, that's no, what I, I, feel. I know what you mean. Yeah. Did you, you you watched Tickle, didn't you? And you did, Steve. Yeah. yeah. How much fun was that? Yeah, but that was. But that's what Louis Theroux should be doing. But he can't really do that anymore, can he? He's why? In that why, sort of... why not? Because people know who Louis Theroux is. Yeah, but just, that's not. You embed yourself in a in in a, in a weird subculture. It doesn't matter yeah. if you know him or not. Mm. There's plenty of stuff out there still to be uncovered, I'm sure. I think it's also a different marketplace for these sort of documentaries. When they're competing with, like, Vice documentaries that are online and they're six minutes long, you know. Yeah, but he has a built-in market. Mm. People will watch it on his name alone. And bless him for wanting to do serious and earnest and, and important work. But I just, he doesn't need to be doing it. Mm. But he tra- so I mean, he kind of did people. what you're talking about with my Scientology film, right? And he yeah, spent... exactly. Which... That was... was that that was this year, wasn't it? No, that was it. Came out last year. It was oh. shown on TV this year. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't yeah. work out when it came out. Yeah, it was originally last year. So that my vote doesn't count in the documentaries. Then. Unfortunately, I definitely voted for it. You did, but it yeah. But um, what no, did, so... what, did you, what did what did you guys vote? I voted for Long Shot. Mm. Did you watch that? No. What what's long shot? That was that was your top the, pick? Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. on it's a really short one. It's like a forty minute feature. It's on Netflix. It's the one where a guy's uh, convicted of murder or, or about to be convicted of murder mm-hmm. and a chance appearance on some footage from a popular sitcom changes things. Okay. And and it features Larry David. Right. Um and then another one Netflix, uh Rocco. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Rocco is, Owen? No. Do you know Steve, do you know who Rocco Sofredi is? No. Oh. Well he's a legendary porn star. And it's a do you know what? It's really interesting. <laughs> Can't be that legendary. Oh, that, 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 Rocco, yeah. that Rocco. Yeah. You know what's in Rocco goes to Prague? <laughs> no, you should oh, okay. have done. Yeah, you should have done. The one with the dwarf, and he, he's jumping up and down, <laughs> and he can't get on the bed. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, really, really interesting. Look, uh, like huge porn stars. Like, it's really touching as well, and hmm. not in a weird way. Just like, how he interacts with his family, loves his wife, how how she copes with him, like, fucking other women and stuff. Really, really good. That's on Netflix. Um, Liberation Day, which is on iPlayer. Which is the lieback documentary where they go to play North Korea? Okay, that was good fun. So yeah, there's, there's, there was not a load this year. I don't know how the Oscars are going to pan out, but mm. yeah, it was, it was still good. Well, I, I sort of took advantage of the whole series thing to pick a few. So I, I did go for Dark States by um, Louis Theroux, and Pla- Blue Planet Two was my top pick. Uh, I also included Ken Burns' Vietnam War documentary series. 
which is just again some of the pictures are fun phenomenal just like fascinating um and the archive footage that they found and all the stuff about Ho Chi Minh was just like I thought it was just very educational very interestingly told as well um some interesting talking heads featured in it I also picked 1066 a year to conquer England which was shown on BBC and hosted by Dan Snow which I the first time I watched the first like episode I was watching this I did not expect to be voting for it by the end of the year but you know what I think part of this category is just about picking stuff that you're, that in, you know, entertains you, isn't it? It's not all about... Well, yours is more about educating you, but I, I much like comedy, I won't pick up anyone for documentaries. It's like, it, yeah. you like what you like. Yeah. I like batshit crazy human interest stuff. Other yeah. people want to be, you know, educated. Other people want to know history. It's, it's, it's yeah. such a subjective thing. And there's so many different types of documentary. It's yes. like saying top film is, you know, well... You could pick comedies, you could pick dramas, you could pick horrors. I think documentaries also split off into its little genres as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. I also chose AlphaGo. That was the only feature that made my list. Did you guys watch AlphaGo? No. It's about them inventing an AI that plays a board game called Go. And uh, this ends up playing the world's number one Go player, who is this... Ma- it's, like, it's like chess, but... It's an ancient game and it's got more variations in the styles of play than there are atoms in the universe or something like that, right? So the pattern's on the board. There's more variation than there are atoms in the universe. And they're trying, there was this company trying to create an AI that could play this game and beat a human at it. And eventually, it, they put it up against the world number one Go player, who's this fellow in South Korea. He's a very softly spoken voice like this. He's very quiet and timid and everything. Is he ever had a girlfriend? He's got, well, surprisingly, he has a wife, which was a what? bit of a shock. <laughs> it, it was kind of like watching a Rocky film. It was that kind of like atmosphere. Which, which one? Not four. <laughs> yeah, not four. There's no robot <laughs> butler. <laughs> but it was that sort of... It was like a sports movie, basically, is what I'm getting at. And I, th- I thought it was... Um, very entertaining. I recommend checking it out for Go if you get get the opportunity. But yeah, so that's documentaries done, I think. We happy? Yes. 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 Um so now it's our top ten performances of twenty seventeen. Um we've put men and women in the same category here because we're very forward thinking and right on. Yeah, not just men and women, Steve. There are other genders, you know. You can have, you know. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, we combined it so we just had top ten performances. I thought previously we've done actors and actresses, but when, whenever we talk about the categories individually, it seems to take up so much time on the podcast. So it's almost like for the benefit of the people listening to this one hour, 50 minute podcast uh, so far, they can have one long category. Just share a couple of names you think are in there. Uh, the bird from Wonder Woman. <laughs> Gal Gadot. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Steve, any ideas? Um, what would be oh, like a standout reckon, performance from this year? I reckon uh, some of the, the some of our idiot listeners have probably picked Ryan Gosling for Blade. Oh, Runner. fuck off! You think Ryan Gosling? Okay. Uh, well, I can tell you, Ryan Gosling is not in the top ten. Thank Good God! <laughs> um, there is no Ryan Gosling here. Oh God! Good. Is it the da- the 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 bird who did the dancing film, Emma Stone? Emma Stone was nominated by a couple of people, actually. She wasn't just, like, one person picked her. Um, but she is not in the top ten. Good. Yeah. 
It's just, that's why I just, I barely, I looked at this and just thought, oh, I can't be asked. Yeah. Go on, let's start. Let's Go on, start let's just do them. them let's do them. Okay. Uh, in 10th place was Cynthia Nixon, who was in A Quiet Passion, um, which is like a period drama-y thing. Um, I think it was Terence Davis. <laughs> yeah. Is it Bustles and Bonnets? Yeah, Bustles and Bonnets, but Terence Davis, Bustles and Bonnets. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I kind of want to watch it. It's just been added to Netflix, so it's definitely on my watch list. I've heard lots of... Um, I think it was London Film Festival last year when it was originally shown. I think it was possibly Callum who was talking about it. I feel uh, bad for anyone who's picked this because we feel like being really sneery and condescending, but it's generally just because we're fucking idiots and no reflection of we have the people exactly. voted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, in ninth place on the list was Bill Skarsgård for It, who was Pennywise the clone in It. Um, Again, I can see why he's chosen. The, what, the fella in the drain? The fella in the drain. That's him. Yeah, the clown. <laughs> no. There are so many scars, scars, you could have said anyone. I wouldn't have <laughs> you. True. Yeah, the fella in the drain, that was him. The clown. Um, did you see it in the end, Steve? I can't remember whether you... Yes. Yeah? Yeah. But he wasn't, wasn't one that you would have naturally gone for? I don't think so, no. I don't know why. Um without thinking about it in more detail than we have time for tonight. Yeah. He, um, yeah. yeah. What I can tell you is that, yeah, he he placed first on one person's list and then he was lower down for everyone else and still sort of crept into the the, the top uh, ten. So, yes, Bill Skarsgård. And above him, in eighth, was Mark Duplass for Creep 2. I fucking love the Creep films. and. Uh, a fully justified place. I'm finally glad to see him make a top 10 performances list on here. I've, how, I'm surprised that many people have seen. I did. I wasn't a big fan. I love Mark mm-hmm. Duplass, I genuinely, mm-hmm. because The League is still yeah. the greatest comedy show ever. Better than Partridge, sorry, but it is. But, <gasps> Sacrilege. No, it is. It's not. But Creek 2? Mm. Mm, no, not go. for me. And I haven't even fixed it. That's how it's just turned out. Yeah. Uh, in seventh place is Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, were women allowed to vote in this, Owen? <laughs> women were banned. Oh, no okay. Yeah. Well, how did she get to... Oh, I'm confused now. Is your server not hosted in Saudi Arabia? It is <laughs> <Just> not. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I watched yeah. Woman, Wonder Woman... And I loved mm-hmm. it, and I thought she was amazing. Yes, she was. She was great. Yeah. In it. Then that I still think we'll talk about it in a bit. I think, but scene of the year. I mean, one of the scenes for, of the year for me is that um, no man's land scene from Wonder Woman. I thought that's the bit where you first what with the camel toe. <laughs> that's no, no, Paul. <laughs> stop degrading it. <laughs> no, I just thought it was a really good. Good luck editing that, Owen. Yeah, it was a really good. Uh, impactful moment in the film and I thought it was the first point really that you get to see that she's not um, just this mythical woman who's come from this strange paradise land it's the superhero scene that's the first time you see someone probably in all of the DC films to that point where you see someone individually step up and be a superhero 
not that part gap of a she lives in is absolutely heaving with Totty. <laughs> right, okay. Above Galgado <laughs> is <laughs> in sixth place Sorry, is uh, Vince Vaughan for Brawl in Cell Block 99, which is the Craig S. Zala movie. The guy you made me watch that. Tom Hawk. Pardon? I did make you watch it and you couldn't no, finish I'm it. I'm really annoyed. Yeah. That didn't was up happen. for my Didn't Happen Award. Mm. It didn't make my Didn't Happen Award, but it was close. No. I think you just didn't pay attention to it. That's I what I'm going to say. I did pay attention because you know what? what? It didn't happen. <laughs> so the, the scene you had a, an issue with. Yes. Because Vince Vaughn plays... The pivotal plays, scene in the whole film, which was not necessary to progress the plot. Is, it is. It was necessary. It shows you his character. He goes back to save the police from being killed by a couple of idiots. Yeah, it didn't you know. happen. It shows... <laughs> anyway, so Vince Vaughn, I thought, was really good in it, though. And um... We'll come on to my Didn't Happen Award later, don't worry. Okay, so that's the sort of bottom five from the top five. Cynthia Nixon for A Quiet Passion, Bill Skarsgård for It, Mark Duplass for Creep 2, Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman, and Vince Vaughn for Brawl in Cell Block 99. Top five. Now, we've talked about this guy in the past for not getting recognition at major awards for his performances when probably he should. Do you know who I'm referring to? Will Smith. It's not Will Smith. He's not in there for Bright. Didn't get nominated, I'm afraid. That guy you like, he was on Pointless earlier, but I can't remember his name. Um, Probably, I don't know. Uh, Martin Sheen. (laughs) It was Andy Serkis oh. was fifth for War for the Planet of the Apes, playing Caesar, the ape. What? Yes. So I think it's kind of justified. I think it was a very good performance from him. I think it. I think it's fair uh, because it, because it's it's a, it's obviously a different type of acting, uh, but it's still a very difficult discipline. It's yeah. I mean, it's all of his own facial expressions. It's all of his own natural movements. You know, the only thing that's different is that they've coloured him in, basically. And he goes and like lives with monkeys for months on end to research their movements and stuff. I've made that up. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I was like, did he? <laughs> he, does, he does a lot. Of, I believe you. Lot then. Of, mm. No, fair play to him. He he does. He he does a lot of research into you know. Yeah. Because I think I've. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I've to it, watching an interview with him mm. where he said that with these three films, the apes have evolved, you know, and developed. So he's had to to develop and evolve their movements mm-hmm. in it. And so he's had to work with various anthropologists and clever people to work out how that would happen and what they would do. And it's all very interesting and he takes it very seriously. He doesn't just put a monkey suit on and gad about and get filmed. Exactly, like he, yeah. It's a, it's a very difficult discipline. Of course, he does He does the likes of Gollum and Snoke and all these other motion capture things as well. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see him get a bit of recognition. Exactly, I think so too. So I'm I'm, I'm happy he made the top, top five. I think um, for all the reasons you've just said, all the work he puts in and actually... It, he's, he's always put it in good performances for these sort of characters. Immediately above him is a, a little girl from Okja. So, so, you know, good work or being a cute little oh, girl. Oh, she was yeah. really good. Aunt Siokyun, her name is. Uh, she was good. I'm being 
I'm trivialising it. She was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and considering as well, you know, she's a young actress who had to act opposite an imaginary giant hippo thing for the entire movie. So, yeah. Could have been a number of performances for Mokja as well, to be fair. I liked Paul Dano in it. I like Paul Dano yeah. in pretty much everything, and he, he almost made my top ten list. It, it definitely suffered from a little bit of Netflix syndrome, didn't it? Because I think if that, that needed to be a big cinematic release, I think it would have done a lot better. I, yeah, you're right. If it if it was, uh, although I, I imagine if it was in cinemas in the UK anyway, it would have only been shown in a couple for a week and then disappeared. No, I, 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 do you know what? I'm not sure it would have done. I think it would have got enough traction amongst a younger audience. Oh, there again, there was loads of swearing in it, wasn't there? Yeah, maybe. There was. A, it was a very Bong Joon Ho kind of movie. I so, think they, but they could have quite easily adapted it, and it wouldn't have been a huge change hmm. to make that for a really broad audience, and that really would have worked well. But there was, there was, there were fucks and shits and stuff, which, yeah, okay, yeah. So who's got the bronze medal then? Daphne Keane, another young actress for Logan, which you can hold your opinion just for a, just a second, Paul. Um, yeah, Daphne Keane was the young girl in Logan. She was the... Um, I don't know what you'd describe her relationship with Wolverine in that film as. She was the one who didn't... She was a mute, for a start, for most of the movie. Um, and she was kind of taken across the country by Hugh Jackman uh, and Captain Picard. But, I mean, it was... Um, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was deserving of being on this list, particularly so high. And you think of, like, who's missed out on this? And we'll come on to the people who've missed out shortly. But, yeah, Daphne Keane in third, it's, it seems very high to me. So uh, the reason I asked you to hold off for a second, Paul, is because Hugh Jackman is second. He's taken silver for Logan. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. For the colour version or the black and white adult version? Yeah. <laughs> I have not bothered with the black and white version. I'll tell you why. I I mean, I like Logan. I thought Logan was a good film. It wasn't in my top ten, but I liked Logan. But um, I watched the black and white chrome edition of Mad Max Fury Road recently. Mm. Because that was what George Miller was saying was the definitive version. That is the version. Yeah, well, he's 70-year-old and fucked. He, and I just watched it and thought he would say that. As mm-hmm. I was watching it, I was like, this is because it's another version of his film. He would say this is the one you have to get and buy, you know, because they did show it in the cinema. But it it was not better than the original. Yeah. I prefer it with colour. Sympathy fact, for Lady Vengeance did the whole fade to fade to black thing. That was fine. Yeah. Everything else is just an imitation. It's just a, <laughs> a load of pretentious twaddle, especially when it's a kid's film. What a load of bollocks. Would you say Logan is a kid's film? Yes, You'd say Logan was a, okay. It's a, it's a kids' film with delusions of grandeur. That's why it annoyed me so much. If they like stuck to their guns and it had been what it said it was, fine. When they started with all this, oh, we're going to fade it to black and white. It's like, what? What? No, fuck off. They really annoyed me so much. You're a yeah. cynical old gay, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I I did like Logan. I, I think it was a really good sort of road movie. It was a nice finality to that character's story arc um in a way uh yeah I, I, don't, I don't know i thought it was good hugh jackman being second again is also a bit surprising though i mean the fact that those two are in our top three of the year 
I find just a little bit confusing. Hence, um, soon as I, hence I binned off this category. I just couldn't be doing with it because I, I knew it would annoy me so much. Yeah. Uh, who's at number one? Well, number one, the runaway leader, no one really got close, is Daniel Kaloya for Get Out. The main guy in Get Out, for those of you who don't know him by name. Uh, or Parking Pataweo, as I will always remember him from uh, Harry and Paul, the sketch show. But yeah, Daniel Kaloya for Get Out was just um, my top pick. I thought he was really good in that film. I, and I do think it was a really good film as well. How about you guys? I know you really liked it as well, Steve. Get Out. Was uh, Daniel Kaloya on your list? Um, it's a good film, yeah. That was the one I found an awkward watch with the girlfriend. That's right. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I don't think you picked top 10 performances this year. You sort of decided to not not submit them. But would he have been there or thereabouts? Yeah, he, he, would, have been, he would have been there or thereabouts. I mean, it's, it's difficult. When you see people put in, like, comic book performances mm. in... And this isn't... the degrading comic book movies because I like them a lot mm-hmm. but you said is anyone in a comic book movie really performing that well they should be in the top 10 performances of the year <laughs> I mean like we're saying Gal Gadot was really good in Wonder Woman you know I, I, I honestly I made a start on this and then I, I, I was looking at them all and they're all like like people in foreign language movies and I just thought there is no point in doing this because they're not going to make any difference. Yeah, so your one and only vote went to? It went to <laughs> Rapper Champagne for Gatwick Gangsters. Yes. Which is quite in a way not only the worst performance in cinematic history, forget the room, forget Mob Handed, forget anything you've ever seen before. It is simply staggeringly awful. Uh, and the film itself is also staggeringly awful hmm. and beyond any level of comprehension you have of any cinematic critique in any way, shape or form. It is simply the worst film ever made, that ever will be made, that you will ever see. <laughs> yeah. And is James Franco going to do a biopic of it? At some no. Point? No. <laughs> it makes The Room look like half a chance of a sneaky outsider Oscar. Yeah. Well, that and is... I, that, the whole thing about I, we I touched on earlier. In fact, I think James's um, diamond was tweeting about the room. The room, it's shit, but it's not that funny. It's just shit. Oh, I don't know. It, oh, I mean, it is. <laughs> there are scenes. Yeah. But the stuff that I that I've been watching, and researching for so shit, it's good. It's different fucking level. It always has been, and I'm yeah. kind of glad and we're not having booby prizes on the quiz anymore. No, because but of... trust me, when when I say get with gang, forget more banded, forget it, forget mm. kill a bitch. Mm. That no, get with gangsters is quite simply the worst film ever made. Ever, there nobody will ever make a film that bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, what? Uh, yeah. Let's. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about some crap films then. Yeah, that, does, was, uh... that moves nicely into the next category, really. Yeah. Um, because there are crap films, as we've established, that are like Gatwick gangsters, right? Mm-hmm. Bad, terrible movies. And then there are 
movies that people thoroughly dislike. And I think most people who voted this year went for films that have offended them in some way by not being as good as they otherwise expected, hoped, thought they should be. I mean, Gatwick Gangsters isn't there because I think Paul's the only person in the fucking country who watched it. And then... Yeah, I didn't vote for it because I knew nobody else had seen it. Yeah. Um, well, give us, a, give us a clue what was on your worst three then. If that wasn't... If that wasn't bad enough to get there because you thought no one else would watch it. What what did get onto the uh, well? Bottom we three? touched upon Logan because it it was a kids film that had like delusions of grandeur that really really annoyed me. Um, Dunkirk. Now I've seen this like top of best of lists, and I, I was watching this and I was I was bored obviously thoroughly bored, and then at the end, Tom Hardy is gliding. Out of bullets, sorry, spoiler alert, <laughs> the end of Dunkirk. And he, he's gliding along, he's gliding along, he, he, he gets this last guy and you think, hooray for Tom Hardy and his Spitfire. It's brilliant daylight, all the allies are on the beach still loading up to escape. The next thing we see is, no, not sure how many hours later, but it's dark, all the allies are fucked off. And he lands on the same fucking beach in the dark to surrender to the Germans. How he was gliding for the let's 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 be generous and say five hours in between all the people leaving the beach and it getting dark and him landing. I've no idea. But for me, for a film that costs that much money, the script supervisor needs to be taken outside and shot, and it was just fucking ruinous filmmaking. Absolutely horrendous. But so because one, there was one bit in the end of the film where Tom Hardy glides a plane into darkness. That... No, but this like the whole thing, I was bored all the way through it, hmm. but then that really tipped me over the edge. Okay. It just it, it was just so awful. Um but of course Dangerous Game is is the worst film of the year. Well, see, I expected that to crop up on Steve's worst three as well. Um, but Steve, you didn't go for Dangerous Game, so presumably you liked it more than the other three films you chose. I you didn't pick for... Dangerous Game. I just went for three big budget piles of nonsense. Oh. This is what I thought would happen. This is like, or, sorry, not what I thought would happen, but what ha- seems to have happened this year is people choosing um, stuff that they just thought should have been better. Um, as opposed to the worst three. Would that be... I mean, am I sort of exaggerating what you actually did, Steve? Am I putting words in your mouth? Or did you just go for things you thought, this should be more entertaining than it is? Justice League I, should have been better. The other two had no right to be better. They were just fucking frivolous. <laughs> right, the other two were? Geostorm and Power Rangers. Yeah. Oh, I watched Geostorm. No, I, w- I watched some of it. <laughs> Yeah. Did you fall asleep again? Yes. <laughs> you had some sleepy time. Yeah, but that, that's that's no indication of quality, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> have you not picked Dangerous Game? I just forgot all about it. Just blank it from <laughs> memory. <laughs> mind. No, I... um. See, it was one of those weird... What did you pick, Owen? Well... Didn't go for Justice League purely on 
merit for Wonder Woman and the other um, Man, and, Man of Steel, which I really liked, which I know Dave detested and said it was one of his worst films of the last five years on that Star Wars I, I podcast. I watched, I think, the first hour of Justice League. Is that the one with the, with the bloke with the massive sword? The big axe thing? Big axe? Oh, yes. Big Justice axe. League. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that was fucking terrible. It is, uh, Justice League is really bad. I mean, I can't defend it. It's worse than Suicide Squad. It was just, it was just a really, really bad film from start to finish. Uh, so, but yeah. So I've, I've out of good grace for the previous films that I've enjoyed, um, I decided not to pick it. Instead, I went for The Dark Tower, which again was a blockbuster, which I thought could have been better, but instead was just absolute nothing. I've not even bothered. I, I just heard so many bad things I've not even bothered having a look but it could have been so good it could have been the who start was in it? Any, who was in that Idris Elba was in it it had um, your man from Dallas Buyers Club uh, Matthew McConaughey okay. uh, yeah it, I mean it had a decent enough cast that could have carried it further but it was just drivel and it had been it was one of these films you watched and you could tell it had been cut to pieces but anyway so the, t- the bottom three of the year in third place and I did vote for this, was Transformers The Last Night, or Transformers 5, which I guess is kind of obvious. Transformers film comes out and ends up in the bottom three films of a year. I mean, that that just happens, doesn't it? Every single fucking time there's a Transformers film and they just don't learn or don't care. Uh, well, I think I watched, is that the one with the dinosaurs rolling around? Uh, no, that was Age of Extinction. Oh, that was the oh I don't know. One. I have seen it, I'm sure. The new one's got Anthony Hopkins in it. Oh, I can't he's got dementia. It's not, and it's meant to be funny, but it's not. Um, second choice, I think, is purely on the fact that both me and my wife voted for this. Um, nobody else picked it in their worst films, but we ranked it really high. The Lego Batman movie. I just could not stand that. I was in the cinema. It was giving me a headache. It was so bad. We were, we were prepared to walk out on it. Most people seem to like it, and I don't know why. It was absolute appalling. It was like it was like a kid had be eaten two tubes of Smarties and just drawn all over a pad in fluorescent paint. That will teach you to go and watch kids' films. Probably, probably, yeah. But I went because so it was what's Batman. The, what's the What's the biggest steaming pile of rubbish that our viewers, who listeners, have viewed this year? The biggest steaming pile of rubbish this year. Goes to Justice League. It, despite me not voting for it, it still came out worst. <laughs> oh, and I'm not perfect. that bothered. I am not that bothered. I think it's understandable, probably justified. Time now for the big one. The top 10 failed critics movies of 2017. Your votes have all been tallied up, all been counted by our uh, team of vote counters at the local village hall and Trump has won yeah uh, yeah again the um... fuck off Steve your Brexit voting <laughs> I did not vote for Brexit yeah you fucking did no, that's what I everyone didn't. who voted for Brexit <laughs> says now that yeah. no, wasn't me Steve what Owen voted for Brexit <laughs> did he yeah mm. yeah mm. he's got that he's got that look about him I might have done. Who knows? 
Who knows? I know. Anyways, I didn't. But okay. So, uh, as we've done for the other categories, give us a clue. What do you expect to be in and what do you expect will have just missed out? I expect the comic book geeks have got Logan in there. You think yeah. Logan? Um, right. I would have thought that Blade Runner is in there. All right. Because people thought they should have voted for it rather than voted for what they wanted to. Correct. Uh, That's very patronising. Uh, I think no, it's just, yeah. no, it was bollocks. Anyone who, sat, who stayed awake through that three hours of fucking tedium needs shooting. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I did try earlier and I missed out on at least two of them by sleeping. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I'd only just woken up. Mm. This, I didn't watch it like at, at 11 o'clock at night. I'd woken up, had breakfast, two coffees, put Blade Runner on, 45 minutes in, I was asleep. I think that train spotting will miss out, as will Baby Driver. Baby Driver, okay. And, Paul, anything you think is big that's going to miss out? Oh. Bear in mind, you know, we also include the Oscar films usually in this because most of them don't come out in the UK until January to March anyway. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I think that I, I, I'm hoping Moonlight and La La Land both miss out and and then I think the other ones that will miss out will be nine of the films I voted for. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a fact. That's a given. <laughs> yes, and so, a fact. What is in it, number ten? Well, I'll do. I'll just do a, a quick run through of some of them that have missed out that um, we've we've already talked about. Raw, I think we mentioned um, as boo. missed out. I'm just going to do a boo or a yay. Okay, brawl in cell block ninety nine. Yay. The Love Witch. Boo. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Yay. Oh, actually, I quite like that. Did you? Yeah. No, I told you. It's the first like Spider-Man film I really, really liked. Okay. Because it's not some 30-year-old geezer noncing about with a load of kids. <laughs> it was an actual teenager yeah. doing teenage things. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, La La Land did miss out. It's not in the top ten. Yes. Yeah. Good. And unfortunately, I'm going to put this out there just to ease Brian early on. Um, Colossal missed out as well. I know he's very keen on Colossal. I really, do you know what? I forgot to vote for it, but it is so good and should have been in my top Could have made a difference, Paul. Oh, really? I'm really sorry, Brian, but do you know what? If you haven't seen it, Colossal is is excellent but it just it, it came out so early i can't mm. remember all that <laughs> months ago yeah it missed out on on top 10 by six points and the way you oh. reward points is like you know whatever your top pick is gets 10 whatever your bottom pick is gets one and then the right list. yeah so so i've cost it a place brian possibly yeah <laughs> yeah but you know that's that's the way the cookie crumbles as they yep. say 10th place it's a film we've already talked about War for the Planet of the Apes is in 10th. Uh, I picked this as my third choice, my third best film of the year. I thoroughly loved it. I I watched it in the cinema, enjoyed it so much I went back and watched it again. I watched it twice uh, within the space of a week in the cinema. Um, Even though, like, at the time I was doing other stuff and I was quite busy, but I just really wanted to see it again on the big screen. I think it was the perfect way for that trilogy to come to a, a close. 
for that story to go from where it started with Rise of the Planet of the Apes through to War for the Planet of the Apes, um, with Dawn in the middle. It's just it's just like I can't think of many trilogies that I enjoy as much as that. Trilogies usually have a dud film. I don't think the the, the new Planet of the Apes movies have a dud in them. And of course it sets up Planet of the Apes next, doesn't it? That's where we're heading. Oh, there's more I do you know what I, I... I watched the third one and I really enjoyed it. It is really good, isn't it? Every, it's a proper war movie is what's good about I, it. Again, because I'm so fucking old, I remember seeing the original ones at the <laughs> cinema. Yeah. So it's, it's it, it kind of all gets a bit muddled for me. But I did really enjoy it. I didn't like the first one. I wasn't mad on the second one, but the third one I really enjoyed. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, what did you think War, war for the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, really good film and trilogy that has been. Mm. Um, I expect we're going to see more. We'll we'll get Monkey Planet soon. Don't worry. Yeah, there's there's yeah. I mean, they've not announced anything, but I keep saying on the podcast, why would you start remaking that that film series if you're not going to do Planet of the Apes? Yeah, exactly. In ninth place is the first superhero film in our top ten. Wonder Woman is ninth, and again, I'm I'm very happy with that. It gets better with each viewing. I think I've seen it three times and I've enjoyed it more each time. Um, mm, I thought it was good, but I know it's all very progressive because you've got the females. Well, I mean, that front aside, and, front, front and centre, and isn't that all marvellous in this day and age? But and it was a good film. Don't get me wrong, and Gal Gadot is is pretty good, but is it really in the top ten best films of the last year? I'd say no. Oh, okay. I mean, I've talking about the progressive stuff. I've heard arguments against it, saying that it was, uh, you know, everything was undermined because it was all orchestrated by men anyway. So I just thought it, it genuinely was a really good film, and I did not go in expecting much because, as a character, I don't really like Wonder Woman. In pretty much everything I've read with her in, um, I've not really liked her storylines much. Generally speaking, there have been a few good stories, but so I, I just thought possibly it was because of the the sort of first viewing I had of it. I, I wasn't sure what to whether I actually liked it or not. I went back and watched it again, and I decided, yeah, it was it was actually a really good film. And then I watched it at home. I actually bought it and watched it, and I don't do that very often these days in terms of actually buying movies. I usually just rent them and I'll oh, watch it again. I really enjoyed I it. I mean. yeah. And I I was so inspired that I was straight onto the uh, Greek tourist board, and I've got uh, a brochure now at home for the Isle of Lesbos. Oh yes, of course, because that's where they were. They're absolutely where mm. they were. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they have on the Isle of Lesbos. Lots yes. of women. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But did you actually joke. like the movie, though? Did I really, really did. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was great fun. It was good to see a DC it is DC, thing yeah. that wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. And it was genuinely good to see a female lead actually doing good stuff and not you know, not being mansplained all the time and pandered to. And it, it, she, she stood alone, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was a very good movie. Um, we've got three war films in a row, though, for that bottom. Uh, three films oh, in the top God. ten. Yeah, you you must be expecting this. War for the Planet of the Apes, Wonder Woman, and then Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's very short uh, war film. It was quite short, wasn't yeah. it? It was yeah, his shortest remember... film yet. 
Yeah, and mm-hmm. for good reason, because his script supervisor was pissed. He didn't <laughs> give a fuck, and he just wanted to jog everyone on, and I applaud him for the shortness. Yeah, even though it told three kind of intertwining stories. Yeah, but all of them fell into the didn't happen universe, and, and that, it didn't happen. I'm pretty sure lots of it was based on, you know, real didn't things. Uh, okay. Paul said it didn't happen. <laughs> and it's not didn't happen, it's didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Got no, it. Didn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that printed on it. <laughs> <laughs> I have didn't... a didn't happenometer. <laughs> and that was in the fucking red. Yeah. Okay, well... But there are there are worse offenders, don't you worry about that. Yep, there are lots of people disagreed, though. And like I say, it came out uh, eighth in our top ten. Above it, I think, is one we're all going to be happy to see make the top ten. And, Steve, you wasn't sure whether this was going to get in there, but T2 Train Spotting yes. came seventh in our list. Good. Very pleased about that. There are lots of wonderful, good reasons for it wonderful. to... Trip down memory lane with a with a fresh modern twist. I loved it, and it wasn't even just about like remember remember these characters. Remember what these characters used to be like. You know, it, it dealt with the nostalgia as part of the key thing about the film. Yeah, it wasn't just like these guys go and have a jolly again. It was like this is what happens to these people when they get older and they had that kind of life. You know, the only film that Paul didn't fall asleep in this. <laughs> it was it was an incredibly clever film because. Yeah. It, it it popped a finger up my jacksie and still wanked my cock. Yes. You weren't left to do one or the other on your own. No. Yes. It, 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 it fulfilled both functions beautifully. A very ambidextrous film. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, next, so sixth place goes to, again, a film I'm, you know, more than happy to see make it into the top 10 it didn't make my top 10 i know that both of you are going to despise the fact it's so high but blade runner 2049 Ugh. is sixth uh, we've said enough about that on this podcast yeah i, I watched it today spent two hours <laughs> well you watched a bit of it today <laughs> i was so bored it was so bleak uh, and i you know normally a little bit dystopian but it was just there was nothing it was just grim bleak boring i think what the only the only issue i i had really was how much it kind of deviates from uh what blade runner was really about and i think they do something interesting and different with that whole world and those um characters and the and the 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 the, the whole concept of you know thinking therefore you are you know they deal with that in a different sort of way but it just, it, it just didn't move me into thinking it was a great film. It was mm. good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad that it's existed, whereas previously, beforehand, I was running around telling everyone, "What the fuck is the point in this?" We all know about Deckard. You know, we know he's not actually a human and all that kind of stuff. But actually, I think it kind of deals with that in an interesting way. So, do you know what really yeah. floated my didn't happenometer. What's that? That every time, well, well, for the bits I saw, Ryan Gosling's in that thing where they 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 say has to return to baseline, and he starts repeating phrases back in that room. Mm-hmm. And I saw this a few times. That that doesn't make any. That was just gibberish. 
he, they were just saying random words that he was repeating. Yeah. That, at what point does somebody in the script thinking, yeah, because the audience are really going to understand that, that made no fucking sense. It was absolute pretentious bollocks. Just, and but, it was and gibberish. No, yeah, I'm, not, it, I'm the, not having that. The point was if that you, it was the random. The audience has to be able to relate in even the minutest way, even like clinging on by your fingertips. But that was shit. You have t- you take some very strange exceptions. No, I really do. I get films. really annoyed by stuff. Just like the what's no, what's what's number five? Number five. Okay, so we'll do the we'll do the the next two, and then I'll let you try and work out what you think is top three. All right. Okay. Um, because there's one film that's in the top three that we really haven't talked about yet, and I think we probably will spend a little bit of time on number five. Um, we have already talked about, so we can go through quite quickly. Okja. Bong Joon-ho's film for Netflix. which well, I voted for that. Yeah, that was the film that was in your top ten that made our top ten. Collective yeah, top ten. I didn't think it would be as high as that, but yeah. Good to see it in there. Yeah, yeah, picked up seven votes in total. Nobody... And a, and a Netflix original as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Netflix original. It's the only Netflix original in our top ten. And it pissed off everyone at Cannes because they weren't having it because it didn't get cinematic release. Exactly. But we came to yeah. a feature. Yes. Number four. Now, I was really surprised this one got into the top ten. Um, never mind finished fourth because I just wrote it off as a, yeah, that film happened and was kind of entertaining. But Baby Driver is fourth. Ooh. Yeah, Edgar Wright's movie about the, well, it's a heist film basically, isn't it? He's a getaway yeah. driver. Um, so this confuses uh, me. You could drop me out here because I looked at the soundtrack. Yeah. I was told the soundtrack was integral to the film, but I hated every single fucking thing on the soundtrack, so I've never watched it. Yeah. It was a jukebox movie in a way. You know, like um, every scene was soundtracked well almost every scene was soundtracked by a song that he was playing on you his know iPod. your creepy paedophile uncle who thinks he knows about music these would be all the tracks he would pick it definitely had that aspect of feeling like it was trying to be really cool but oh, yeah. wasn't that cool um but you know plenty of people voted for it one person voted for it in first place so I think it really kind of resonates with some people. Like I say, it was quite fun. I just thought it was one of those films that you just watch once and then write off. But uh, evidently not. And Steve, you were you were quite keen on this as well, apparently. You've, yeah. You voted for this quite high. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just something a bit different, mm-hmm. um, quite fun, uh, different take on a heist movie, quite cleverly worked a soundtrack, soundtrack into, the, uh, into the plot. Yep. Um, perhaps fourth is a bit high, but yeah. Is it like sort of Run Lola Run, but with Dad Rock? No, it's not really like Run Lola Run. It's like because uh... Run Lola Run has the best soundtrack ever. It's, it's pumping German yeah. techno soundtrack, great high story, but no Dad Rock. No, it's not. It's not really like Run Lola Run. It's like um, it's like Drive if. Mm. If it was mixed with Scott Pilgrim. Ew. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like. Kind of. 
but it's it's like I say it it was fun. I liked it. I think people are going to be a bit um, revisionist about it because of Kevin Spacey, but uh, yeah, either way, I should say there's no reflection on people who vote for it. I just, I just have a real aversion for populist dad rock kind of music stuff, and yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're down to our top three. So bear in mind, what did you what did you say might have missed? Uh, you thought Moonlight might have missed out. I've told you La La Land's out already. Um, we haven't had Atomic Blonde, which was one of your choices, Paul. Do you think well, that's already, in top three? I think I think I think you said only one of my choices has made it. Uh, that's so. true. And Okja's already in. Yeah, Okja's the one. Yeah, that's true. So give me some ideas. What do you think might be the top three in what order? Bear in mind, you know, there was a big film we haven't talked about yet, which only came out this month, and you spent two hours talking oh, about Star last Wars. Week. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So do you think Star Wars made it, or was it missed out? No, it must have made them top three, because Steve would have voted for it. Steve did vote for it. Yeah. Well, in third place is, you called this quite correctly, Steve Logan made it into third. Yeah. Which is one of Paul's very worst high. three films of very, the year. Very high. It is very high, but... Again, lots of people loved it. It got first place votes and stuff. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's into the top three. We've only just talked about it, though, which brings us on to top two. Now, Moonlight was voted for a number of times, but misses out. That's not in there. I voted for the Disaster Artist, but Disaster Artist is out. That didn't make it either. Good, uh, because the room isn't shit enough to have a film made about it being shit I would disagree I mean there's lots of interesting things about how that film came about and stuff so I think it was anyway yeah we're not going to dwell on that one Um, I mean my film of the year was The Love Witch and as I've already said has missed out Um, that that was just to when it was released though it was kind of that muddled thing. It was like last year, but this year, but this year, but last year. Yeah, exactly. And I don't. Nobody else voted for it anyway. If the Love Witch had come out in September this year, yeah, definite top ten. Manchester by the Sea was another big Oscar movie that's missed out. Fast Eight has missed out. I'm going to tell you now. Star Wars: The Last Jedi missed out as well. So Star Wars finished fifteenth in the end. Wasn't even, you know. Just missed out. It was 15th on the list. Which means top two goes to Thor Ragnarok is second. I've not seen that. I've no, no idea. Are you not going to do a, a, uh, a countdown of the top ten up to the number two before you do the, the winner? I think the winner is quite obvious now that we've mentioned it. Especially if people remember what sort of Paul's quiz was like earlier. But in 10th place was War for the Planet of the Apes. 9th was Wonder Woman. 8th was Dunkirk. 7th was T2, Train Spotting. 6th was Blade Runner 2049. 5th was Okja. 4th, Baby Driver. 3rd was Logan. 2nd was Thor Ragnarok. And 1st is Get Out. Get Out is our film of the year. I, I didn't even watch that. I enjoy. Do you know what? I didn't mind it, and I quite enjoyed it. But as I said earlier, my whole girl's prejudice mm-hmm. permeates through choices across all of these things. Yeah, because the characters in that show who are hateful cunts. Yeah, I can't get away from that when they do other things. I mean, I don't. I've never watched Girls, but um, ah, 
Yeah. You should watch Girls, and then you will look totally <laughs> differently on all these. I was going to say, it seems like it'll ruin every film for me. It ever. will ruin every yeah. film. Mm. They are the new. St- it used to be Game of Thrones stunt casting. Now it's girls stunt casting. Is girls that popular? Yeah, it is in the States, I'm sure. Well, anyway, Ghetto is our number one film of the year. Um, Of us three, I was the only person who voted for it. Steve didn't pick it. Paul, as we've established, only chose one film that was in the top ten, which was Okja. But, I mean, everyone who picked it, bar one person, either put it in first, second or third on their list. Um, And the one person who didn't put it on tenth, so, I mean, I don't know whether that means everyone who watched it loved it or thought it was okay. I, I'm glad a horror film has, has made it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. It, this is, I, I didn't feel it was any better or any worse than a million other Lionsgate horror type films. No way. I think it was so much better, so much more. I mean, I, there were a couple of Lionsgate type films this year. I thought Annabelle Creation was quite good when I expected that to be absolute tosh considering Annabelle was dreadful. But Annabelle Creation was quite interesting. Well, hang on. Annabelle, that... The doll. Oh, no, yeah, that was the doll. Yeah, I didn't like the doll one. You didn't like the doll? The other one that you told me about that was... What's the ones that were based on the doll? The Conjuring, yeah. Yes. Now, I thought they were Lionsgate shit and I watched them and I absolutely fucking shit my pants. They were absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, they're both Especially great. the one set in England. Yeah, the Enfield Haunting, which... I oh, my yeah. God. Yep. Yeah, so I, I was so happy to be proved wrong about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of horror films, you've got Ghetto in first, and mm. then we go all the way down to... The, down to I mean, whether you class The Handmaiden as horror, I don't know, but that's 20th. Mm. And then below it is The Love Witch, again, which isn't really out-and-out horror. And then below that is Brawling Cell Block 99, which, again, isn't really out-and-out horror. So, I mean... No votes for the babysitter. No votes for the babysitter. Um, I thought that was good. I and liked the, it as well, yeah. What was the what was the other, the Christmassy one? Christmassy one. I really liked. Better, better Watch Out? Oh, that yeah, really you voted good. Better Watch Out. That, um, and did I vote for that? That was really good. You did, but nobody else voted for it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. So what did you all vote for? We've got our top tens here. I do have everyone's top tens, so... So this is where we get interesting, because I've got all of our votes for the last... Well, I say all of our votes. I've got Paul, yours and my votes for every... going back to 2013. Mm. Steve, I don't have your votes for 2013. I'm guessing you sent them straight to James, because he was still organising the, the awards at that point. Because they're not on the website anywhere. I have, I have a list of everything everyone's voted for in the feedback bit of WordPress, except for yours. So... Um, well, in for this year, I I had Berlin Syndrome at one, mm-hmm. which we touched upon earlier. I had Dan Dream, yeah, uh, at two, which is we touched upon it again. Casper and Frank, Toy Blonde at three, Okja, then Hounds of Love, yeah, brutal Australian horror. Better Watch Out, which is the Christmas horror. Rise of the Foot Soldier three, which I know people think is a naff British gangster film, but it's actually really good. Uh, then Raw. The Bar and Pandora, which is the Korean film. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. It was good. Pandora was joint bottom of the the votes. Because, again, you were the only person who voted for it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So it had one point. But it was tied 
with The Transfiguration. It was tied with The Big Sick. That was that made the list, but only at the very bottom. The uh, Big Sick? Yeah. That was, like, top of a lot of people's lists. I, I, yeah. I, again, I, I actually re-watched that today, and it's actually pretty good. Mm. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but, again, like, I know that lots of people have, have talked about how good it is, and as you were bringing it up in the, the quiz earlier as well. But, um, yeah, one person voted for that, and they voted for it in last place, so it gets one point. And uh, it's tied as well with... Uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle which I'm guessing was a token vote for for that doesn't he that, the thing where he shoves the thing up her minge shoves the thing up yeah oh yes yeah yeah no no uh, so yeah there we go and Steve your top 10 for the year you had Dunkirk Star Wars Logan was there yeah then T2 and then Baby Driver yeah Thor Ragnarok yeah Guardians 2 yeah Okja yeah. Disaster Artist. Yeah. And then you had Girl with All the Gifts, which was a 2016 yeah. film. But I gave a point instead to Hacksaw Ridge. Steve, you had Dunkirk at number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's kept that quiet the whole podcast. <laughs> but yeah. It's because it was filmed down the road. <laughs> Sorry, mate. That's fucking genius. Opinions are like arseholes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm not laughing at you, but I'm laughing with you. That's just genius. But anyway, <clears throat> that's it, isn't it? Well, I it mean, is. I could give you my top ten if you like. Oh, oh go on then, I Yeah, all right. I had the Love Witch top. Then I had Get Out and War for the Planet of the Apes. Brawl in Cell Block 99. Um, T2, <laughs> T2 Train Spotting, Wonder Woman. Thor Ragnarok, The Disaster Artist, The Red Turtle, and then Alien Covenant, I snuck in there as well. What? I I mean, probably didn't deserve to be top ten of the year, but I did really like it, and I thought no you one else was going to vote crap. for it, so I'm giving it a token token nod. Do you remember what your top your top film of the year last year was, Paul? Oh, do you know what? Uh, oh, um, was it the Argentinian thing? It wasn't. The anthology. That was Wild Tales, but that was the year before. That was 2015. Oh, cool. what was it last year? Mob Handed. Because you and yes. a bunch of other people got mob-handed to be tenth on our films of the year list. Hey, uh, mm. a film I've thought about more often than I get. I'm to sure it, it's what will be emblazoned across your sort of tombstone when you're dead. The guy who made everyone watch mob-handed. Go on, what, what was Steve's the year before? Steve went for Creed. Oh, which you talked about on the Star Wars podcast as well when yep. Dave no, bought it because it made him cry. I think. Go on, go back then. You've got the rest. Yeah, my film of last year was Spotlight, but I kind of tied it with Bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Didn't James Mulligan on Underground Nights list that as the he worst film of the year? Spotlight as his worst, yeah. He hated it. Uh, well, there we go. The year before, 2015, so mm-hmm. as we've established, you had Wild Tales, and below that was Hyena, which um, you've pushed which quite recently come on as well. Film yeah, it's there. really good. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I loved Hyena. I thought it was really good. Good. I mean, the, that 2015 year was dominated by votes for Mad Max Fury Road from just about everybody, except Paul. I fell asleep. Yeah. I really did as well. I remember being in the cinema and falling asleep, getting really annoyed. But it was only second on Steve's list. Top of his list was, of course, Star Wars The Force Awakens, um, which I think you've gone on to say isn't your favourite of the new trilogy, Steve, Force Awakens. You said Rogue One? Yeah. 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 But not as good as Creed, The Room, uh, not The Room, uh, Room or The Revenant. Oh, I'm trying to remember stuff from last year now. I've got no chance. Yeah. And then 2015, my top pick was Birdman and then The Voices below that. 
2014 as well, very quickly, because we're, we're all almost out of time, I guess, but Nightcrawler and then Inside Blue and Davis were my top two that year. Uh, Steve, your top two were Guardians of the Galaxy and 12 Years a Slave. And uh, Paul, yours, your top two that year were both Korean movies. Any ideas what oh. it was for 2014? Uh, the one in the courtroom. The Attorney, yep. Yep, and I can't remember the other one. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer oh, was tough. And like I say, 2013, I don't have what Steve voted for. I have no idea. Um, but I voted for Django Unchained as my top film. And Paul, you went for Matterhorn, which again, you were pushing quite recently on the, um, the Star Wars podcast. Marvellous. Can I just say, I, I, not to, I know I come across really contrary in all of this, but I genuinely love lists. I will listen to anyone's list. And whatever your number one is, I guarantee you, I will watch it. When people do lists, like I'll, I'll go through like January, Feb, I'll go through all these weird, wonderful magazines like Village Voice, you know, whatever it might be, Wired slash Film, mm-hmm. and look at all the contributors, find their number one. Because at the end of the day, if they've been watching films all year, if they put something at number one, there's a really, you know, there must be a reason for that. It's got to be worth, you know, it's got to be worth ninety minutes of my time to to have a look and see what it's about. Yeah, I love. That's why I love this time of year, and I love lists. Who doesn't love a list? A good old listicle. Right. There we go then. That's it, I guess. That's the top ten films of the year. Get Out is film of the year. Uh, I'll, of course, publish all these on the website so people can look through them at their own leisure sort of a week or so after the uh, the podcast finally gets edited and broadcast. But um, thanks very much for joining us, Paul. Always a pleasure and, you know, great quiz again. As we Happy New Year to everyone. Really enjoyed everyone's contribution and... and and I've got some films as well to check out now. So really, really, really good. Fantastic. Good. Yes, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back with a live podcast that we've recorded, Steve, in a pub yes, in Oxford. Will. That's next. Yes, that's happening. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with contributions from different guests every week with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit remixed by James Yule who you can find at jamesyule.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics on iTunes and all good podcast apps or you can check us out at failedcritics.com If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review and why not check out our sister podcasts Character Run and Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights from the failed media network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Yes, Bill Skarsgård. And above him was Mark Ruffalo for Creep 2. I fucking love the Creep films and I love Mark Ruffalo's performances in them. And uh, Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Which one's he? Hang on. What? In it. Uh, in it. In Creep 2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's in Creep 2? Oh, not Mark Ruffalo. Mark Duplass, obviously. Is what right. I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, what we, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, Mark, okay. Mark oh. Ruffalo is the whole. Try that again. <laughs> in eighth was Mark Duplass. Well, hang on. No, we're not just going to let you have an easy edit here. <laughs> Owen has just dropped a bollock. Yes. Mm. Mm. Who's in seventh, Owen? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.